Hey guys, welcome to Grindworks Podcast, episode 18. Uh, this episode is actually kind of fun. It's a little bit different format than what you're used to. We didn't have any planned interview for this one. Um, I hit up my buddy Derek Nelson and his brother Andy Nelson uh, pretty much as I was driving into town and asked them both if they wanted to sit down and hang out and record a podcast. But, uh, you know, there's no plan. Uh, We never really did any interview or anything, and we just recorded our hangout and any chatting we did and anything like that. So uh, there's not really a lot of questions in here as much as just a general discussion. So if you're interested... Sit back, check it out. If you're looking for more of a Q&A, uh, this one's not going to be your thing. So, anyway, thanks for checking this episode out, and I'll catch you on the outro. I feel like the magistracies were reformed in this way. <laughs> <laughs> the magistracies? Mm-hmm. You know, because like now, equality is of two kinds, numerical and proportional. By the first, I mean the sameness. <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right, I actually started recording after the last <laughs> one so that we, we had at Got least one of them. <laughs> so uh, I'm sitting here with Derek Nelson and Andy Nelson. And uh, I mean... I, I like to do visual things with the podcast that, like, anyone that's listening, they don't know what, what's happening. <laughs> so, like, nice shirt. Thanks. My drink's Dig delicious. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sitting here at midnight on a Monday, hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Do you ever just lie to people all the time? Uh, I mean, usually they're all recorded and on YouTube. So the people on YouTube get that there's a joke, but anyone that's on like just listening to the audio doesn't really know. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of funny, but that's why I'm like, oh, that's a sick shirt, because then you're like, now I gotta go check out the video, see he what's going even have on. Have a shirt on. I think it should be called. Shirt. It should be called Late Night with Grindworks, and should always record at 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of uh, lying to your. To everyone that's listening all the time <laughs> nude time grindworks nude time nude time the all naked podcast yeah and just start saying like lots of things that aren't true that people will start to repeat after you so you'll just be teaching like a ton of people something that's just completely wrong you know it's not difficult to make like one thing up but if you tried to make every comment you made a lie it's, you like can't even talk yeah. You're trying to process so much fabricated information all at once. Yeah, it's, you just you have to have these goals though. I think yeah. you're just not trying hard enough. Yeah. I'm not trying hard enough. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, well, you re- refuse to swear too. So it's I mean, always have up you so listened to the podcast? Of course he has. <laughs> Used to refuse to swear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, there's a good story if you want to go down your side of that one. <laughs> AV could have owned a skate park if you just said fuck. It didn't happen, though. 
<laughs> he refused to. Yeah, I was what, like 14? Yeah. Something like that at that point. And then it carried up for quite a while on like principle at that point. But Yeah. I kept offering him different things, free frames. I think there was a complete bike at one time, maybe. And the skate park. And the skate park. <laughs> how many How many people or times do you think you've offered the skate park for things for them to do? or At least 10. I had a contract written up one time for somebody. Because there's no way you didn't do it a couple times with Tom, a couple times with Jamal, A.V., Swartz. Yeah. Glenn, maybe, at one yeah, point. Yeah, Glenn, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, like, a best one that you remember? Yes. It's the contract with Tom about <laughs> becoming a roller. He had to become a rollerblader. And we had I had a really long contract. I typed it up and put it on, like, legal paper and everything and made it legitimate. And it was, he had to become a rollerblader and actually try rollerblading and record it and produce footage for like two to three years. And if he didn't do that, he would owe me (laughs) $50,000. But if he did do it, then the skate park was his. Could he do other things or just rollerblading? I think it was just he had to become a, like a rollerblader. So he had to quit skateboarding. There was no more skateboarding oh, anymore. It was right. written into the contract. <laughs> and he had to just rollerblade. <laughs> How long did he think about it? For a while. I kept the paper around the glass table because this was like when he was working at the park with me. So <laughs> I still have it in my like memento f- archive binder. Dude, there's so many funny things. I like that. That would be... Because it's like, realistically, it's not really that bad of a thing, except if you love skateboarding and you don't want to rollerblade. It's that bad if you love skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't he know. like goes home and he just like ollies in his living room and then he's like, oh, and he just puts it away. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't That's find out about it. Breaking yeah. the contract. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. Don't let that leak out. <laughs> You could be a year into it and have one lapse, and then someone could catch you, and it could all yeah. go down the fucking tube. Yeah, you're telling everyone, like, hey, look, you need to tell me if Tom rides a skateboard <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. You're like, you can't watch skate videos. You can't do anything. You can only watch rollerblading videos. That would be amazing. They have such bad music. <laughs> It's like the crappiest hip hop ever. You're you're stereotyping that. Oh, you've seen rollerblade videos with good music, or are you just assuming you're they're out there? You're saying that you haven't watched that many rollerblade. I'm asking videos. if you've seen rollerblade videos with I good music. I have seen rollerblade videos. <laughs> like no, I know, but with good music. Yes, I have. Like what? I don't remember. It was a long time ago when I used, when oh. there used to still be rollerbladers in the world before they disappeared. <laughs> uh. God bless that move. And at, at this point, it's like, holy crap, when you see someone rollerblading. It's like a unicorn. Yeah. They all went into scootering. They're all scooting. I actually don't mind rollerblading. I do. It looks weird. <laughs> that may be so, but, like, cool things are usually cool because of commitment to them. And if it just disappears off the face of the earth, that means that no one was committed to it. 
you did that or meant it wasn't worth committing to. Yeah, exactly, which is sort of a bummer in both ways. That <laughs> so many people put so much time into it and then it just evaporated into nothingness. I forget, did we come up with the nickname Wiggle Walker or did somebody get that from somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you probably came up with that with Tom. That sounds like something you would have came up with. Because I love Tom. that for some reason. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, so I've heard your take on like style and why rollerblading and scootering look terrible and why mm-hmm. skateboarding looks the coolest <laughs> followed by biking. Uh-huh. But so I've heard a similar theory from another person uh-huh. on, on someone else's podcast, but they were talking about the amount of machine is what makes something look cool or not cool. Like skateboarding looks cool because there's not a lot of machine and mountain biking looks dumb because there's too much machine and BMX is somewhere in the middle. Well, but then, but then it, doesn't, look the it doesn't work with rollerblading, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I really think it has to do with how possible it is to, like, move parts of your body the most. Yeah, just freedom of motion. In what way the equipment dictates that, too, is extremely important because, obviously, there's a reason that certain like dance you could when you look at dance obviously there are people that are good at dancing and bad at dancing and there's like an aesthetic appeal to that but the same exact same thing applies to a skateboard and a bike at the same time and a razor scooter and rollerblades and (laughs) it's just which one you're able to do aesthetically pleasing movements on Mm -hmm. And razor scooter is really difficult to do that, <laughs> and so apparently is rollerblades. That's the thing is, I think it's that way, not because like there are certain moves that are aesthetically appealing, but the ability to move. Well, that's open, what, yeah, okay. to do it in a manner that is mm-hmm. appealing, though. And that's why I think like biking is more possible, but you're kind of stuck because you can yeah. theoretically get parts of you away from the bike yeah. to move, but they like it's really hard to like leave it entirely. Whereas that's most of what skating is in terms of like kickflips and pop shovets and whatever. Like it's mostly you jumping away from your board. I agree. So I'm I don't see It's like a hybrid of those two yeah. ideas then. I think the perfect example of that, like there are certain things that work and don't work in as much as I I don't see much BMX anymore, but I have seen lots of people doing the new style nose wheelies where they balance with their shoulder and their heads. It's <coughs> awesome to see as it is a brakeless nose wheelie for like 40 feet on stuff. It is the most horrifically stupid looking thing I've really ever bad. seen in my life. <laughs> like it's just, it's amazing that they can do it. It just looks stupid. Like, that is a perfect example of a trick on a BMX bike where the constraints limited, you know, your movement in the machine where it just doesn't look good. Like, it's amazing, but it just doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can't be in a, like, even like manual versus nose wheelie. Like, nose wheelie, because of the balance point, your body has to be in a much more protracted position. You can't flex at all. Whereas in a manual, Manuals you can make look a lot more stylish because you can be yeah, in a lot of different places. There's a place. lot more yeah. movement involved in right. those. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing like that for me with BMX is like like nose grinds where they kick their back tire over the rail. Like I get it because then like it's easier to clear because your frame clears the end, but it just looks so bad. Well, I feel like there's 
two styles to that. There's someone that's actually locking it in and swinging it over where it just looks cool. But there's like the slasher one where it's dropping. and I just can't get into it. Which, like, which doesn't happen. What The lock-in style happens fairly, on the straight fairly rarely. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you have to be pretty good at it to do it that way and yeah. be able to balance it and not have it keep rotating further and further and further, which is what makes it look good. Yeah. If you just keep letting it swing, you're not locking into it or balancing it at all key to making those look good is to stop the swing and you keep it crooked at the same time but not very many people do that well i'm just gonna say that like i've seen you do some probably like 20 foot or so like that one long grind box and and stuff you used to have yeah just good straight 20 foot locked in too thick nose grind uh, Andy calls everything t- nose grind and stuff because he's a skateboarder. Yeah, no. And then Derek also picks it up. A shittiest name for a toothpick and ice pick are like the shittiest names for tricks. It's so dumb. <laughs> but it's like knack um, knack. Fuck you, BMX knack knack. Really, <laughs> you turds. <laughs> well, my favorite part. I'm gonna regress for one second. <laughs> okay. Here. All right, go there. BMX riders in general, especially when it comes to street riding need to just suck it up and just rename the street tricks to the skateboarding ones because that's that's where they came from yeah. like a nose grind on a bike should be good a nose grind on a bike not a toothpick and an ice pick like it's a 5-0 mm-hmm. you copied skateboarding doing a 5-0 it's just a 5-0 <laughs> like i've heard people calling ice picks 5-0s okay but i don't hear a lot of people call it a nose grind that's crazy it's very strange to me that that's in it's also weird when i hear people that don't know what that is or they get hung up on it because it's like it's pretty straightforward as to where that came from and Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like well yeah and it's like have you been living in a box and never seen skateboarding or (laughs) know what those tricks are called yeah yeah so that was it well right i get if you want to call it whichever one you want to call it that's fine but Yes, if you're like, wait, I, what, I don't even know what you're talking about, then it's just a totally different thing. Yeah, it's very nice nose guy. What do you mean? Oh, oh, you mean the toothpick? Like, ah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> sure, um, the toothpick. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I know. But no, where I'm going back to like doing them long, I've seen you do really good straight ones. And they're locked in, and you come off, and you clear the end of the box, because if you didn't, you would have peg-chinked the end of the coping. Yeah. That's the difference between a good-looking one and a bad one. <laughs> well, you could have just swung your back end over it and then not had to worry about the it. Fucking kick. They make the, like, they look bad when you're doing it, and then when you once you come off, there's that weird little, like, shimmy to go straight again, because you kind of land <laughs> on an angle. I'm not into it. Yeah, I mean, we had a joke for a while that we wanted to put a whole edit out where everything was landed in a 90, so you had no rolling <laughs> motion at all. You had, you had to do, yeah. like, Olympic-style perfect 10 landings like, with no movement. It's like BMX dabbing, basically. <laughs> That'd be amazing. You could... Oh, I'm trying to think of what you could call that edit. I don't it's know like what you call 10-point landing. Right. <laughs> no movement, you get better score. If you get movement. It'd be so fun to do a line and then like instead of 180ing out of the grind, you just <laughs> 90. Just plant. And you're like, 
perfect. And then you ride away. It would be fun to edit that because you would like, usually there'd be like a crossfade or there's like a rollout or something and it moves on to the next trick. Just watching it would be so choppy because every trick would end and it would mostly, the only way it would really work as an edit is if every time like you stood for a second and then just looked at the camera and then it cut to the next trick. I think like, you have, I think you have to leave the pedal away part where you like start to crank and that's your cross. No, fade. I think you should have to stop and then you just get off the bike. <laughs> Yeah, there is. I like it. I think it should be more of like a visual assault where it's like trick and then bam, you just stop and then it's the next clip and then you just scroll through them like really quick. So it's like <laughs> like over and over and then you can play some like a really correlating music to that. So it'll play some like, be like, six seizure, like a seizure movie almost. Yeah. Uh, we could uh, Death Grips would work for that which one is that i don't remember the um it's the band colin likes oh okay that like kind of like punk rock kind of like yep. noise electronic yep kind of rap anyway <laughs> but yeah i think that would be super funny to, that's still an idea that we should pursue <laughs> i have a whole this actually i've actually been starting to have a few ideas of edits that I would like to do mm -hmm. recently and I don't think I've told you about this one yet maybe I have but do, do you want to share it with the world so that someone rips it off or I swear yeah, to I god if you <laughs> motherfuckers rip this idea know. off if someone else wants to do it feel free it'll be totally different yeah because of what it is so essentially the edit would be less focused on the tricks that are happening but it would be completely focused on the noises that they're making so you get an audio recorder and you'd still have imagery to go with it you know video but it would be a basically like a five to six minute edit of just making different noises while riding which i think would be really really fun because you can make so many weird noises. Would you like make noises with your body? No, 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 no. <laughs> it would be purely riding noises. So like grinding different surfaces, uh -huh. and then uh, grass leaves. Yeah, dirt. like rolling or skidding through stuff. Mm -hmm. like, there's like I can think of a thousand or your tricks where you'd like tap something with your handlebar or peg or whatever. That would be really fun to edit because yeah. what you could do is you could like yeah, basically so you could not use the noises. Yeah, you could so, not. It would mostly be black screen. Yeah, and then like what you would cut into is like almost like overly close abstract shots. Exactly. Of like a wheel chittering, like yep. and yep. then cut to black again. You got like it. Shoo, shoo, shoo. you hear yep. like pedaling, and then like there's like a you know jump or like a if let's say or like, if you wreck, you could be like. <laughs> I, I was I was envisioning. The like when you get a bad pull up and you're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but you could like, that's sort of what I mean. It's like you sort of ignore the riding part and focus on all that stuff. Dude, you could do a riding section for the podcast. You can do an audio riding section. Oh, that would be so good. You just have to have an audience that's like, fuck yeah, that was a great 5 0. I mean, ice pick, relax. <laughs> you could, no, you didn't. You could also. Uh, Get some anger ones in there, too, because that mm -hmm. always happens to me on certain things. What do you mean? <laughs> I still no, I've one, never seen that before. I still think one of my favorite anger moments is the, um, the 
like long series of attempts at the like fakey to backwards five O's at the Sheridan Park. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> I thought that was going to go someplace else. Which I th- one? I thought you were going to go fakey to double peg in the pool in Pittsburgh. Oh, no. No, that was crazy. No, oh, I was thinking yeah. of the one at Sheridan where you like, it's super pissed. It was great. I, I vaguely remember that. There's a bunch of footage in one of the videos of you I, like smashing think, your bike on it and you're yeah. like making a bunch of cool noises. I do remember smashing my bike. That, I don't do that that often. That was the one where you like, after, somewhere like towards the end of the tries where you're super frustrated, you just like chanted fuck for like 30 seconds. You're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> so along the idea, but you're you're trying to be more broad than what I've tried to do. Okay. I put two edits out a couple years ago, two years cons- like consecutively, yeah. where on 420, so conveniently today also, tried to do 420 grinds oh, man. in like a session, but counted as like, if I did a pole jam to Feeble the Smith, that's three grinds, okay. but I cut them only from the moments of impact. Mm-hmm. So like when you're listening to it, yeah, I pulled it up effect. just for the... See. I don't know what that noise is. I need to watch the whole thing. I've never seen it. Okay. Not. Okay. I don't know how long it is. Only a few minutes, but. <laughs> yeah, like that, but way. <laughs> like more broad. Way more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Than yeah. That. Like. <laughs> that's. <laughs> Yeah. I should just take this audio and upload it as its own podcast. Sounds like a BMX but... sword fight. Yeah. I mean, I love that. That's more like BMX explosion sound track. <laughs> I figured you'd like that, at least on like, it's not exactly what you're talking about, but it's yeah. down that road mm-hmm. of ideas that the trick doesn't necessarily matter. The landing doesn't matter. You're just looking at the noises. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But I've never gotten 420. <laughs> it's a really? Lot. We that's a lot. We had like no. it, it is. It's Dude, way more than you think. Just we, I could do that. Just hundred would be a lot in a I day. I could do it in an hour. Well, to not Fuck repeat, you. not no to way. repeat a trick though. Oh, is not what, repeat a trick. Yeah. So there what? was. So like, not on the same obstacle. So like, if you feebled something, you could feeble Smith it, but you can't just feeble that ledge again. Otherwise, it's easy to do four hundred and twenty. So now, then you got to start like thinking about all your combos and stuff. And what have I already repeated? I still we got two hundred and something with like three or four of us. How did you even keep track of it? We would tally it. Well, I've counted them when I edited it. I count spreadsheet or something. I counted it when I edited it with tallies, but we were also keeping track when we were recording the. the I guess one way you could do it is you could set a certain quantity of grinds per obstacle, and that would make it easier to track. Yeah. You know, otherwise, if you're staying with one obstacle for a long time and doing like a hundred tricks at one obstacle, you would like literally need to have like a spreadsheet to make sure you didn't repeat. Yeah. So what we would end up doing was we were riding like one ledge and I would run through everything I could think to do on it. And then you would run through everything you could think to do on it. Wait, there were multiple people doing this? Oh, okay. (laughs) You're so disappointed. Well, it just because we were trying to hit the number, and then from there, once you hit the number, then you can start doing it better okay. and better. Got it. We haven't hit the number yet, <laughs> and I haven't tried it in a couple of years because I was like, dude, 
we I got feel like even making 420 grinds, even if it could be the same grind, like that's even it's if you, still more than you think it is. Yeah, yeah. If you do one every 30 seconds, let's say you just did feebles over and over and you do one every 30 seconds because you got to do the grind, turn around, do a grind, whatever, say it's in the park. That's still like several hours. Yeah. Of, like it's still 200 plus minutes, <laughs> which is what, like almost four hours yeah. of just nonstop feebling. Yeah. <laughs> that's if crazy. I was to do this. I think the site would be crucial. Mm-hmm. So, like, you either go to someplace, like, it doesn't exist anymore, but, like, Marble Park or mm-hmm. Island in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where or there's you, just a bunch of different ledges in the same complex. Yeah, or you go to, like, Escape Plaza, where it's just basically all ledges. And you can, like, literally just sort of, like, hit the perimeter and then just keep working your way mm-hmm. inward. And inward and inward and inward and then you basically can just do it it would be so tiring i like the idea because it it combines an idea you had a while ago um where you were recording the same trick over and over just to see the like style changes in Mm -hmm. it as you've kind of dialed it in and everything or every once in a while you get like a wonky one but I like the idea of doing 420 of the same grind over and over on the same thing that's just sound. It's basically like. Or, but it would be like the end of that one video you guys put together where. I don't oh, Craig's tries. Craig yeah. trying to tail yeah. slide that ledge. Or it something. was only like 180 though, and that was like five hours of filming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to calculate in the, the crashing time, the getting back up, the walking to the top, the setup time, the breathing, yeah. like the just tra- taking a breather. And that's on the thing about this. Like, fine if you're doing feebles, but like, how long? Can you just do feebles like ka-chink, ka-chink, ka-chink before you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> One miss. Now it's an extra two minutes. Take a break. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. If Essentially you... what you're talking about is like an endurance competition. <laughs> kind of. Because after but... like. What if you just had a competition? Like, why doesn't Grindworks just put out a online competition? First person just, just at... submit the <laughs> 420 wins. All right. That's done. I think if you're someone, gonna, it should be 420 <laughs> grinds. I don't care how you do it, <laughs> but you have to do it all in one session. We should have another competition, like at a Grindworks event or at an HCS event or something, where the <laughs> this would be so stupid. It's just the person who can like bunny hop the longest, like an endurance. Oh. Like they don't have to go fast or slower, <laughs> bunny. You just can't really stop. Like My you can so, so just swell up. <laughs> It would be like the foot down game, but you have to keep bunny just keep hopping on stop. Doesn't have to be big. Just have to keep doing it. Oh my god. That'd be miserable. My back would explode and my elbows would swell up. That's why I'm trying to think of doing 420 grinds cuz like that's what that is. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Only you'd have to be exact about it cuz you can't like even just the bunny hops. Like if you imagine bunny hopping for 2 hours. How many bunny hops could you do in 2 hours? Cuz you know, maybe a lot in the first hour and a half. Well, that's what I was thinking is I could do 420 bunny hops in a, you know, in a couple hours, no problem. And essentially the, no a problem. grind, a grind per bunny hop, basically. So you're talking about just falling off the end instead of hopping out too. Oh yeah. I'm going to be super lazy about this. <laughs> I this is not a, a style competition. This is purely like a fucking... You're going to make a rainbow rail. You could just ride That's on. what I was so going to say. You just put a rainbow rail between two quarter pipes and just like, <laughs> turn around, <laughs> now, turn around. Now, by peg impact with a rainbow rail, you might actually count two per. 
Because it would go dink, dink. <laughs> I don't know. That's one that. grind. I don't know. It's separate peg impacts. <laughs> if you were in a feeble and just went like tink, 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 tink with your front wheel, that's not different grinds. Yeah, that's like saying like a pole jam when you hit it with your front peg and right. then your back peg are two different grinds. That's not for, for the intent of what I was doing. That would, yeah, but have that counted. violates the atta- the exact intent of yes. what you're talking. Mm. About. I know, because <laughs> if you're gonna do that, you might as well make like build an extra frame around your pedals that has a like 15 <laughs> pegs on it, and then every time you grind something, that's 15 grinds. Only if they hit individually at different times. But you just make it super Should short. Make them arced so you can just rock and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> You just make a pole jam that's short enough that when you come off the end, it's just like, 15 grinds, done. 15 down. I could make a rail where there's like micro steps in it. So each each step is like, you get 10 grinds per grind of the one rail. Oh, like We those, talked um, about that rail a while ago, making it out of sections of rail only this long and overlapping it. Yeah. Like we those arch it. fences um, in the parks in New York that we would board slide. Yeah. Because those are technically separate pieces of metal. Yeah, each one's a loop, but they're tight packed. <laughs> yeah, that's like 20 board slides. Yeah. Well, just do it with, do the chain one. Just get like a real yeah, thin length, like a chain, chain that's small length. That's how you cheat. That is not acceptable for this competition. <laughs> no. No, I, I think you have to do 420 feeble grinds. Oh. Any grinds. Who cares? Feebles, double pegs, or smiths. <laughs> what grind do you hate the most, Amy? Um, to do or the way it looks? To the way it looks. It's a good question. I'm trying to think now. I'm. I kind of want to say crank arm, crank like arm? the way everyone does them now, like, with just the pedal. I don't know how they do them. Do they do them on ledges or just on the rail? On rails. On rails, and they just use their pedal and then let it hang all the way down. Yeah, and so it's like kind of hooked, so they can just slide around yeah. on it. Like they look. I don't know. People can do them so locked in and clean that it like kind of takes the style out of doing the trick. I feel like. Do they call it crank arm? Yeah. Or are they called pedal? Crank arm. Why are they called crank arm if they're on your pedal? Good question. Because BMX kids are bitches. because because when people used to do them like Jim Salinsky, he would just slide his crank arm yeah, down. But, but as people have refined the trick, but if you it slid it to the up to the pedal, so it's still like it's in the pocket. Kind of. Yeah, but it's not on the crank arm. It's a, yeah, it's a pedal grind. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. <laughs> I'm understanding. This is the reason I don't really watch BMX or listen to BMX. <laughs> I know, because you'd be like, makes me that's wanna, not a crank arm grind. Yeah, it makes me want to stab Mike. <laughs> What's your least favorite? Hmm. I don't even need to think. So okay. Keep chatting. We'll come back okay. to that. <laughs> come back to okay. me. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Uh, what's your least favorite? My least favorite? Oh, man. I, I don't know right off the bat, but, like, the first thing that pops into my mind is the, like, the hungover nose grinds that are short look so fucking bad. <laughs> they always look so bad. But I, there's so many. <laughs> so many that you hate. There's so many that aren't good. Which sucks because there's so many that are good. Like, real smiths are awesome. I know that's not what you call them. Relax. Um, I'm just going to, just for everyone to at least know what you're talking right, about, you're talking true. about a Lucky. Okay. Yes. <laughs> lucky grind. Uh-huh. So real Smith. <laughs> AKA a Smith grind. Right. <laughs> I think those look cool. 
Yeah, um, what, what would a BMX Smith would be like? What an over Willie grind or something like that? What do you mean? Back truck up. Front truck oh on. yeah, because like Willie grind would be your front truck on, and then you missed your back. Yeah, yeah. So that would I mean, be like a BMX unlucky, but yeah. The, people the, have done those on rails, but like, yeah, it's just a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It wouldn't be I the like worst name so for more. it. <laughs> Can we just call it a mistake? Because <laughs> like if you do it on if you do it on a rail on purpose, people have done that, but you almost always like 180 into it. Yeah, I did a sweet mistake hard one <laughs> yesterday. Just call it a whoops. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> if you do that on a, on a grind box, it's just you missed your back truck. You didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but on then, a rail, what is it called? When you're hanging over your back. I've never seen anybody do it. Um, over like that so it's, it's called a, a hurricane no it's called a willy grind if you're but even that it's just your back truck it's hangs down mistake. <laughs> which is not the same it's technically the same so because the only way i can think of you could do it something is on like a grind over box. over crook is when you swing it over right but what i'm saying is that like it's it wouldn't be the same because you don't hang your back wheel down over the other side of the rail yeah, you put it on top and so you can't do that on a skateboard. So you could do that on a box, but that doesn't have a name. Like, people don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you just lift your back truck. <laughs> um, yeah. I, hmm. It doesn't really have a name that okay. I know of. I think it's funny that, like, of all that, like, we were talking about <laughs> toothpicks and whatever earlier and how it should be called nose grind. Of all the things that transfer to feeble grind, like that's what it would be. Yeah, feeble is pretty legit. Yeah. And then Smith, like, I see how you got there, but yeah, cause not it's quite. Back peg on, front down. Like that's a Smith grind. Yeah, I think it's like the the reason it went there is because the position like of the skateboard and the position of the bike yeah. are the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's grinding. Yeah, and so, they're very comparable when you're like yeah. peg and yep. tire, peg and tire. Yeah, but basically beyond that there's not really a similarity between yeah. the two. Did you come up with anything yet? No, I, I guess I'm just going to have to go with Feeble. I just I never really liked Feebles. They just sort of seem like a waste. <laughs> oh. That's all. <laughs> I do Feebles. But, yeah, I just they just seem, like, boring and relatively easy. It's not a grind. X-ups. Fucking X-ups are so stupid. X-ups and um, there's so many. There's so I know, many. You have a, a severe hatred of certain air tricks. Dude, in BMX. there are so many air tricks that because Aaron can be so cool in BMX, and then BMX like squanders how cool it could be by doing like the dumbest looking tricks, like turndowns. Holy shit, they look so bad. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys are great. I'm gonna. I don't really know. No, I. I you got that. You got that great one foot in the old ACS video. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Is maybe it's just I've been riding long enough. That's what I don't like now. I, we'll put it there. I don't really have like one that I'm like I really hate besides chingers, but that's not really a grind because you're just chinging something. Mm. <laughs> you're just bonking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, with, with all the plastic pegs now, I think it's just a thunk. Yeah. yeah. Like, now that I've been riding a long time, if I'm doing 
a feeble, I would much rather do a double peg just because you get so much more noise and it's like you can actually like feel the thing grinding. That's if you actually still grind and don't have plastic pegs and slide. <laughs> That's my preface to that. You know what I mean? So like yeah. if you're running legitimate pegs and you're actually grinding something, now I definitely Yeah, like, your your four hundred and twenty grinds uh edit is null and void if you don't have real pegs on. Well they wouldn't even have pegs if they fucking had plastic ones on. <laughs> they would be gone. <laughs> Unless they're grinding something that they definitely can't grind, like polished steel or something like that yeah. and then you're really fucking not grinding with, with it you know i can i might be able to see a plastic peg considered to be grinding if it's on like bare concrete or something like that where you can actually feel the concrete grinding your peg away but there's a reason why it's called a grind and not a fucking slide yep <laughs> favorite looking tricks i don't think this would be my favorite but the first one for me is like like laid into long-ish power slides on bikes look really fucking cool yeah they're the most underrated coolest looking thing because you can like chintz out on them it's not that cool but if you get into one it's fucking awesome yeah and very few people can do them properly but along the same lines doing tire slides mm-hmm. good and long and getting weight on it which is a whole another aspect to doing that and i've seen very few of them in my lifetime those are ridiculously amazing mm-hmm. but they're near to impossible to be good at because they're so unpredictable yeah and it's very very touchy with the ground and everything yeah. you're on it's all like spot related and how you're how warm it is out and you did a super sick one of those at pipes the one day when we we had that session there because mm-hmm. yeah. you came out of the bowl and you had both tires oh, yeah. sideways and you did both tires over to the bank jumped into and the and bank popped yeah, it. Yeah. that was super good yeah you've had a few really good ones that you jumped into stuff but that's the other thing like doing that where you kick the back end and get a good slide versus like both wheels yeah in that's line cool. sliding yep yep and you can do it with just one wheel it's just the difficulty level and the touchiness of it just like skyrockets when you go there because like if Mm -hmm. to actually like lock into it you need the angle right you need the surface right you need to be able to put your full weight on it while sliding which is a whole fucking huge problem in itself and it's really hard Mm -hmm. to make work but that's why there's very 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 little footage i've ever seen of those ever being done good yeah and then the your setup in what's now the library but when you had the little stage platform yeah. you had that steep wooden bank yeah. with a little low sub and you used to do them pressed front end yeah I've those done, were super cool too and I've, I've done a few like nose blunt style too but you usually need like a way to exit those so like you need to do them like on top of a ledge so when you come off the end of the ledge you can rotate back forward or like a tranny next to a ledge so you can come up the tranny and and go off the ledge after you hit it Mm -hmm. basically but those you can't you know because of a whole bunch of factors you can't put as much weight on them and you can't slide them as long in my experience I've never had luck with that. I have had luck with the back wheel, 
but not the front wheel with doing long ones where you're putting weight on them. So. Okay. So I think G-turns look really cool if they're done well. If it's clean. Good, like, long, swoopy ones. Well, yeah. if there's, like, an actual pop-out where it doesn't just, like, drift and, like, sort of, like, sputter out at the end, those look really cool. I like when you only do it halfway and then you pivot out <laughs> on the back wheel. <laughs> <laughs> That's called failing. <laughs> That's not called a G-turn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't do them. <laughs> No, they definitely look good, though. Um, so you mentioned turndowns. Do you like tabletops? Oh, they're so good. It's it, I especially like it when someone does a tabletop because they're because it's such a great trick. You can do it just jumping up in the air. I love it when people do it, just randomly throw it into lines for no reason because they just have time. They're just like, tabletop, turn down. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. Every time somebody comes off a grind and does like the, the half teeny table, little like, like like you know it was intended, but they didn't really do a table. It always looks like that's just what happens with their bike, and they had like a little seat, like when they have a seizure. There's like, Gah. like just I, just sneak it in there. I'm just sort of liking the way this conversation is going, <laughs> and the fact that I think this needs to be like maybe not all the time, but a theme where you get a uh, cross pull proliferation of opinions from mm-hmm. like a skateboarder towards BMX and a BMXer mm-hmm. towards skateboarders. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of fun because then you get like uh, that's. I thought you guys were going to be really fun to interview together, basically, because <laughs> it's not even really an interview. It's just hanging out, having a discussion. Us being jerks. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah, like you're going to have a lot of BMX anim- enemies right now. That's fine. Would you? We can have a whole separate conversation about thing, things. Do you I want them are, to all just send you their opinions so you can be like, "No, you're dumb." I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what your opinions are. He doesn't have time to busy. talk to the people. Text, you, text Andy. My, my feeling is, if you're mad about it, do it good. If it's well, good, I'll acknowledge it. So, like, I was gonna say, I tend to agree with you about the turn down thing because when you do one at what is like considered the bare minimum clicked locked in like good turndown is like a weird wiggle yeah and like i know that i like doing that trick because it's a fun trick to do Mm -hmm. but i know that it's like if someone that's just like standing on the sidewalk saw you do a turndown you'd be like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) uh what what was that (laughs) Like, at least, at least X up, there's, like, a peripheral thing. Like, they can see what you're doing. And table, you you, there's, twist. like, it's coming flat, and there's, like, body twist. Mm-hmm. The turn down's like, meh. Yeah, and you sort of turn down, yeah. But. It's not very, like, visually appealing but to the human body. But people either. that do really good ones where they're, like, going beyond what they need to, where it starts to, like put some body movement into it honestly turndowns and tabletops look like scooter tricks to me like you could no they can be they can look good there just aren't a lot of people it's (laughs) basically uh like when the person looks like they're being inner interwoven with their Mm. bike that it starts to look good yeah like really overturned ones Mm -hmm. and like overlapped and I think one of my favorite air tricks when people do it right, there's a shot in, um, I think it's uh, Albert Street. Um, the, when people do really good truck drivers, is that where you, where you throw the bike forward and grab the seat? No, toboggan. Toboggans. Toboggan. I, 
But yeah, that, that trick does usually look good. If you can do those, like dip down, fucking those look cool. Mm-hmm. That's like cool looking shit. They do. But people don't do it much because you can't do it out of a grind just randomly. Like you had a little like. Well, and also to dip it that far, you're going into dangerous territory. Right. That's basically. why it looks so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because it's fucking risky <laughs> when you go big with them. It is a cool trick though. It's probably the coolest looking air trick. But yeah. most underrated for sure. Yeah, I think those look really rad. That and I really like Indian airs. I don't remember what those look like. They're, they're like the Superman, but when you you cross, cross your legs oh, yeah, yeah. over, so yep. there's just cool movement involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like those too. There's just a lot of movement involved in those. Yeah, got lots of like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I yeah. Do. I know Derek really likes like triple tail whips and just flaily quick <laughs> tricks. Yeah. I don't even, yeah. That, that's like again, a whole nother fucking. I think tail whips are a cool trick, but you have to do them right. Like when you do a triple tail whip, to me, it just looks like you're riding a big scooter. It's the same. Like It just looks frantic. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it comes back to the whole original discussion about style. Right. Like things looking good and frantic movement comparing back to your dance analogy or your, yeah. your dance analogy, Derek. But like frantic movements don't look good mm-hmm. yeah well there's no skaters who think that like triple kickflips are like a really cool looking trick like people do them as like a- I, there's there's a g- kid up in binghamton well guy at this point that skates binghamton that would probably argue with you oh, no i'm not saying people don't like them but there's a difference <laughs> between like because like usually people who like tricks like that they don't think they look good they they only focus on whether or not something's hard yeah well it's like the in my view it's uh, there's like two different types of people that ride almost. There's people that want to like enjoy and produce something that like they like the way it looks. And then there's the other type of person that's like sort of obsessed with like progression and like doing the next hardest thing and always finding the next hardest thing over and over and over no matter what mm-hmm. it looks like ever. I think that's just competition. I mean, there's, there's like, I would say the people that get it, in a sense, that, like, they're out there. You're, the only reason you're filming stuff is because you wanted to see how something looked yourself and maybe show it to other people. But you're out there. You're doing what you like to do because you find it fun. You don't really care what other, anyone else thinks about it. But then there's the, like the competition guy like i'm gonna do this so that everyone sees it and i mean whether you're talking ramp tricks like that or just like the guy that's going out and just sending huge stuff riding street just so that he can post his clip yeah Uh, yeah i think it depends on the stuff though i mean it's one of the things that skating goes back and forth on bmx sometimes goes back and forth on though bmx tends to sit like a little more in the performance aspect is that like one of the like consistent expectations in skating is that if you're going to be good at it and be considered good at it and influential at it, what you end up doing is there's an expectation that the things you're doing are at 100% difficulty in some sense on the performance scale and also 100% difficulty on sort of style, creativity, whatever. And there isn't really yeah. the expectation of both of those. Like, Agreed. 
It's like, so if there's a scale, right, and if performance is on one side and creativity is on the other side, most sort of cultures like skating balance them back and forth. So the more performative you get, the less stylistic you get. And skating, the expectation, if you're going to be good at it, is in a weird, impossible way, those are both supposed to be spiked. Yeah, and I totally agree. That's what makes a phenomenal BMXer or a skateboarder. Mm -hmm. It just seems to me, at least from the outside, like there's... BMX is like the closest to skating, which is one of the reasons I really like it. But it seems like there's less of an expectation for sort of creativity in the performance. Like nobody really is trying to like make backflips look stylish exactly. or do an existing trick slightly different. Yeah, it's a very, that is true, and I fucking hate it. That's why like if anyone ever asks me like how to do something, I just say. I'm going to tell you, you know, roughly how to do it, but you should definitely just sort of like learn it on your own so you have like your own unique twist on it, basically, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of looking at other people and learning exactly what they're doing and then trying to replicate that. Well, and I think whether you like the trick or not, I think like my crank flips are probably a good example of this because I do them wrong, technically. Like with the back foot, kind I've of. I've seen footage of people doing them like that now. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, but for the most part, like, yeah, I, actually... I like how mine look mm-hmm. because they're not like everyone else's. And the everyone that does them front foot picks their knees up really high. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because those yeah. are technically like a kick flip and yours are like a heel flip. Mm-hmm. That's I, So in BMX, I would actually have two names for those they would be different because you actually do a heel flip the Mm -hmm. other person is doing more of like a kick kick flip flip. Mm -hmm. so i would count those as actually two separate tricks because they're they have nothing in common with each other in in the way that you do them at all besides that your cranks spin around it's Mm -hmm. sort of like a kick flip a heel flip doesn't really have too much Right. In the, common. The board the turns on the same axis, but yeah. all the processes yeah, are doing all the are processes different. are different, basically. Mm-hmm. And it has a completely different look. Mm-hmm. Like, those should not be in the same, you know. Yours and mine are actually two different tricks. Yeah, it just performs the same yeah, function. Yeah, but BMX hasn't gotten to the point where it's labeled them as two different tricks. Yeah. That would be a perfect example of where there needs to be a separation there. Well, I, would, I don't know, but I would assume some of that is like... I, not like BMX hasn't developed a style yet, but a lot of that has to do with like somebody hasn't come along that did them really differently, like you're talking about, Derek. Like if someone starts to do Until them, AV. it's true. I was actually thinking about your foot jams in terms of like, like people do foot jams once in a while, but like because it's something just you like to do, you do it a lot. Like at least as far as I can tell, like the ways you try to do them and the places you do them and like where you put them in lines and stuff, like I don't see a lot of people who do that. And I think part of that is what Derek was talking about, that like you do things a way that you want them done that feels right, that is like, hey, fuck you, I do it this way. Fair enough. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, speaking of doing things wrong, you want to talk about any of your tree edits that we filmed? <laughs> what was wrong about those? <laughs> Everything was right. I fully agree with that, but apparently other people did not. Because well, they're stupid. The, the third one never got posted, and we had to post it ourselves. What they, did they? Wait, wait. They, what they you... might have posted that. I, I was just getting them patient. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure that they were going to follow through, so I yeah. just put it up. And then they're like, okay, we're not going to put it up anymore. So I don't know what they They took done. all of your like old parts down, all the ones that like Andy would have sent them or you sent them. 
That wasn't me. I didn't do any okay. of those. I did. Yeah, they're all down. That's all right. Yeah. No one needs to see that anyway. They're I, they're up they other places. Them. You can still find them, I think. I don't I don't think so because they took them off their Vimeo page. Yep. It's become a thing in the past. <laughs> Disappeared. Wait, what did people think was shitty about them? No, I don't think anyone watching them thought they were weird. I think oh. that like from what the expectation of like we we want you to put out an edit <laughs> to what. Well, you know, I warned was. them beforehand. It was yeah. part of me writing for them. It wasn't like an unexpected development yeah. for mm-hmm. them. It was part of our arrangement that I was just going to produce whatever I wanted to produce. <laughs> yeah. And if they could use it, they could use it, basically. Yeah. Because beyond, we did the Welcome to Tree out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, the Edward then you did Marconi. You did the normal edit that was one of the last ones though right oh no no the summer no. one the, no. the dumpster no, there ride was, and yeah there yeah there's yeah. a second edit that started out with like a feeble the wall rod yeah and then that was in pittsburgh yeah, yeah that's a good spot then we did the destruction edit yep which is the one that they didn't post and after that they're like yeah, you're gonna start sending us the clips. We're gonna edit them. Yeah, yeah that's when that like that's when they did that. The next the edit yellow was one. supposed to be the dance themed one. Yeah, which is why there's that weird clip in the beginning that he used all this special effects on. Yeah, but I obviously didn't have control over it, and he just edited how he wanted, and it didn't come across as a dance themed mm-hmm. one. So then the DVD was pretty much just normal parts. Yeah, was and then I and then I got flooded and. I told him to yeah. take me off the team, so that yeah. was that. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do anything at that point. For a point. while, yeah. Um, do you still have any aspirations of wanting to ride at any, prof- like, quote-unquote professional level or for someone? Uh, Not now that we've told everyone how dumb their trick names and everything <laughs> are. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a weird question first of all Um, even when I was riding for when I decided to try to ride for a company Tree was the only place that bit when I sent out like a whole bunch of promo things and the Mm -hmm. whole reason I did that was to try to free up time so I could ride more Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't have to build parts so basically they would just send me parts and I could destroy them um (laughs) I don't know if I'd really want to do that any again. Um, I don't think so. I think I'd rather just produce the parts, and I didn't gain much time by doing that. <laughs> you no, know, you were always like shipping stuff back to them or waiting for yeah, parts to come in. Yeah, I mean, the main thing it did was just make me produce more. Not in our typical format, mm-hmm. which would, you know, our typical format would be a year to two years. And their format is obviously web edits and modern, so it was like much, you know, condensed. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that was the, probably the funnest part about doing all of that, but I can do that without having responsibility or. Um, Expectations, yeah, or mm-hmm. obligations, or having 
the peanut gallery of the internet, whatever, doing stuff, you know. I can just put stuff out and not worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, just sort of set a deadline and be like, all right, this is the thing yeah. I'm going to try to do and I'm going to finish by this week or whatever. Yeah, like the noise, noise mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and then if it's not going well, you can, like, extend the deadline. You have to be crazy about it, and yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I I tend you, to agree like, with you. A lot of my ideas, too, as far as doing stuff, they don't necessarily, like, with the noise edit, I was actually thinking it would be really fun to have me and my brother doing it at the same time. So it was skateboarding and BMX, but that's definitely not going to fly with any <laughs> BMX or skateboarding yeah. company ever. And, like, I really want to put out a Switchblade edit, this scooter with the skateboard yeah. wheels on it. But that's obviously not going to fly with either one of those either. So it's sort of like everything I sort of want to do is sort of bridging the two worlds, and no one wants to bridge those two worlds, really. So They say that, but then when you put out, like, I mean, it's sort of been a, like, undercurrent goal of you riding your bike from the beginning, and it's one of the things I think everybody always found super interesting about your riding. Well, yeah, it's basically the, I mean, because I grew up with skateboarders, riding with them my entire life, essentially my riding obviously is going to be a bridge between those two worlds. It's going to be a BMX and skateboarding influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my entire riding career has sort of been that. But that being said, now BMX has a huge street scene is essentially street is skateboarding on a bike you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's just sort of like that's become popularized and now that's like the main thing as far as i can tell yeah well you you mentioned before we were even recording about just bmx has gotten so i'm going to use the word jibby because that's what <laughs> yeah everyone of you. Is. yeah <laughs> uh, you're putting okay. out those godforsaken little Little trick edits. <laughs> we all know the BMX is love and AV. I love riding micro spots, but I don't like making video parts cons- oh, <laughs> exclusively. Filmed entirely on the micro it, spot. Yeah, exclusively on micro spots. <laughs> Doesn't it depend on the micro spot, though? It does, but it's so hard to find that's like, true. interesting really. quantities of micro spots. That's true. Especially on a bike, the less so with a skateboard because you you know your distances are different. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. You have so many more options on a bike. Yeah, it's true, but one well, yes, that's a whole different. Thing. Yeah, and you can just hit the micro thing and just do a tabletop. Yeah, what instead. I what I was talking <laughs> about is is not necessarily what you're talking about because what you're talking about is expanding beyond just. Pavement. BMX street yeah. riding in quotes. And but even street riding. I'm just thinking that like... I know that, okay. but that connotation when most BMXers hear that, they think of BMX street riding, which doesn't mean going out to like a landfill or some spot that's, you know, never... Most people are never going to ride there. You mm. know what I mean, like mm-hmm. it's not considered. BMX. Yeah, because it's not a skateboard it's like spot. Be- yeah, it's in between those two worlds essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you could do micro, make it look good, but it's would be hard, real hard. I can just I don't know. I just can think of so many spots that are like side of the road, like next to other spots, like some like broken piece of concrete 
that's leaned up against a light yeah. post or something. That you, I think you're not understanding the scale of the what AV was, what his jibbing edits are. <laughs> I don't know. I've ridden with AV a long time. Like little curbs. Yeah. Anything that's smaller than a wheel diameter, essentially. Yeah. But that's what I'm a good talking way to about. Think about it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just. Biased. I guess the think about remember that alleyway in Binghamton that had like the four or five inch brick trannies in it uh-huh. something yeah, like that te- yeah. technically too small to even roll up on a bike tire so it's more like just a backdrop to do a wall ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks like there's a transition there but you actually just hit the wall yeah yeah because the t- the radius of the tire even if you hit it at an angle is too steep for the tire to actually ride up it yeah um i just like to say i don't I am, I freely admit, I am biased against your edits. It's just, it, I have flashbacks of that. <laughs> the Robbie Morales yes, part. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't remember his goddamn name. That fucking guy and then Nate something or other used to do them quite a bit. And I, just, I just hated them so Nate, much. Nate Hansen? Yeah. Uh, I just can't stand fingers. <laughs> Like, I could even see how you could make them look good, but the only way to make them look good is you could, I think the way to do it is the only way to make them look good is going to be like airing out like 10 feet and like snapping your fucking peg off on the coping when you come down and just riding away like you didn't even stop. That would look good. In one line, in, do enough big air to chingers where you just break all four pegs off. Yeah, and then your yeah, wheels fall but, off yeah. when you. But air at that point, side. wouldn't it be cooler to do a body jar? Yes, it would, which is impossible. It's not impossible. <laughs> I've yet to make one look good, though. <laughs> oh, you cased. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's hard to because like with a skateboard because they because you can move your feet so mm-hmm. fast you can basically like slappy the coping but with a bike it's like it is really you have to go really high out i found (laughs) to get enough pressure to like to where you're coming down it like basically crushes you past the coping Mm -hmm. and you have to have the right (laughs) ramp too and essentially you just end up with something that looks almost like a body jar (laughs) but you cased yeah but basically like (laughs) A huge air to case, basically. <laughs> it doesn't stop me from trying, but I have yet to get a good one to make it look like a body jar. I think it might not ever happen, though. I feel like fire. Someone send AV in video footage of, of a good body of jar. A good body jar. I've never seen one on a bike. I want to see one. I feel like I might have seen one, like someone doing it on a vert ramp. I, that's how you could do it because you just have to barely like and I, just like half a wheel width over the coping just enough to where it wouldn't flip you over the bars but mm-hmm. you could absorb it in with your legs quickly i almost want to say it was on like a big arcing air and then it was like doing a lip slide uh, like but, down but it like kind of bounced to yeah. let them come back in mm-hmm. i could see that yeah that's Essentially what I've been trying to do, but I've just never been able to do it. Maybe it's because I don't ride vert ramps because they're terrifying. <laughs> well, and I mean, you're, it's essentially like an eight-foot air out traveling 15 feet horizontally. 
and then you skip <laughs> like then you're like man i don't ride vert ramps i should case this yeah. on purpose not case it body jar yeah body <laughs> jar i don't think derek's ever cased anything i think he just bar body jars everything <laughs> so many body jar to pop back tires yeah so many body jar this curb <laughs> that's gonna be in your new jib edit isn't it it's gonna be a whole casing section oh man Maybe. if you had the money for it and the time it would be really funny to put together and is that what they're uh, can i ask yeah. you this is that what they're called jibbing is that what that's what everyone calls it yeah okay. i don't i don't know i just see clips of it i think that is that a skating term or is it more from snowboarding it's uh, so people call it like yeah. jib bonk and stuff yeah, it's well, a jib is like a small obstacle, I think, it's snowboarding. I have no idea. I don't know. It's definitely not skating. It's snow bruising. Yeah, definitely snowboarding. <laughs> Who knows what it means, though? It's a get rich that fresh sport. pow-pow. Yeah. Go jibbing, <laughs> bruh. Let's get our bikes out and jib. <laughs> Jibber jabbers. <laughs> All back comes back to the rollerblading. <laughs> Your descriptions of the like jib riding remind me of some of the... like early-ish Ali Buala parts where like he'll do like a drop in on like a, a piece of like a cinder block for no reason that nobody cares about and yeah no that's actually a good point wonder if you got influenced by Ali by him because mm-hmm. like a lot of those parts like he'd do stuff like that randomly like bef- like he'd do a little like just like stand literally a brick up in the corner and just like bleh and I'm not like, saying that's not your no, thing. No, no. I see Daywan did some stuff like that mm-hmm. too, where it's just on nothing. And I did watch a lot of Daywan's song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could have just been, you know, not saying that it wasn't your thing, but it could have just like pushed you over the edge <laughs> subconsciously. <laughs> I don't know. And I think you it's. You caught the jibbing disease of your brain. God. I think it was just a hybrid of like. Uh, Sherry Lindsay is a good example of like. When you go to the park and you're like, I think I'd rather ride the, oh. the parking block in the parking lot. I do tons of that riding too. Yeah. I just don't like putting out video parts with it. <laughs> so the the filming it thing started because I would watch like an animal video or something. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff is fairly simple and just like looks good. Yeah. But a lot of it, like I would see stuff and go... You know, I would have done that, but I never would have filmed it. Like, mm-hmm. I never would have thought to film it. Not that it didn't look good or look cool or anything. Just, like, it's not a trick mm-hmm. in the, yeah. like, conventional sense. It's that the spot is the trick. No, no, no. no. And, and then, like, so I, I know where, where you're going with that. The reason I started filming basically everything is because... Those cool things are like, all right, well, I probably wouldn't have filmed that if I wasn't just like, let's film everything. But then I film a lot of dumb stuff, and I'm like, it's Instagram. <laughs> who, who really cares? I think the thing <laughs> I like most about them, actually, because I do like them, it's just sometimes they get overbearing when it's a whole s- section. Mm-hmm. But what I love about it being, as far as I can tell, becoming popular is essentially that's making it more approachable. So instead of like doing five O's down a 20 foot handrail, you know, it's like yeah. a smaller scale that everyone can participate in essentially at most skill levels, which I love. 
So that part of it I love is basically just popularizing something that can be um, done by the masses almost. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I feel like it's on a little bit of an uptick again because there was a little while where everyone was doing like, I'm going to just say the foot tall ledge thing and like basically doing stall to stall to stall on like a foot tall ledge and mm-hmm. then like popping out. I'm glad but I missed that. Those those like jib tricks <laughs> like that and the little stuff have started to get taken back to like the higher scale stuff where they refined the combo on this tiny thing and now they're doing it on bigger stuff. Mm. I get so bummed on like combo grinds that are skateboarding went through like a couple of years where that shit was like really popular. It was like trick to trick to trick to trick on the same ledge. I'm like, uh, it, it's like when rollerbladers just change their feet up uh-huh. and do like six grinds, and you're like, that's why you I don't like X ups down that rip. Because on skateboards, if you jump up in the air and just switch your foot stance, like cross your feet over, it's not a trick. You just look like an idiot. You guys have some <laughs> rollerblade hatred going on. <laughs> nah, that's like a shifty though. I would con- like the <laughs> that's not what a shifty is. <laughs> no, the X up. I would consider like similar to a shifty and like turning it one way and bringing it back. Unless you want to call that a moto whip or a kick out. <laughs> moto whip. Kick uh, out. <laughs> why isn't Ralph here to make moto whip noises? He probably would have come. Oh no, he's not in town. <laughs> I love his noises. <laughs> we should have a lot of rollerblade hate because we haven't started talking about scooting. No, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> me either. It's so crazy to me that so many people ride scooters. Yep. But, you know, like, to some degree, they're keeping all of the parks and bike shops open. Close them all down, then. <laughs> the more parks they close, the more people ride street. Everybody that's on a scooter, go home. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Your mom's not going to ride around town with you. I use scooter. <laughs> I just like the the way they have to stick their butts out. It looks so weird. Yeah, because like, everything is so close together. Yeah. That that's why you can't make it look good. It's because yep. your feet and your hands are essentially alongside your torso. So it just looks like you're standing there. Mm-hmm. But Like you're literally just standing there. And, like, you can, like, throw your hand out, but it always has to come back to, like, I'm just standing here in the air, basically. <laughs> it's or a, on the ground. Yeah. Scooter stance is if you put your hand, if you had to put your hands in your pockets all the time and stick your butt out to one side or the other and keep your feet it's the, together. It's Conan bar, or it's a Conan string dance, but on an extreme sports <laughs> yep, thing. Yep. Totally. <laughs> oh, my I God. I never thought about that. It really yeah. does look the same. String dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah no I can't why don't they do more grinds either also why they do now they do now you're just you're old and you haven't been keeping up on your scooter you're, just, you're, not, you're not following all the hot scooter I Instagram pages I definitely have not been following any of the, of the like scoot don't worry scoot I'm Gresham? not following them either progression of scooters scoot Gresham I don't know what do Whatever. Okay. I just see a lot of reposted <laughs> clips of scooter kids Scoot dying aggression. trying handrails, and that's quite enjoyable. Ugh. Man. I, feel, I feel like the fact that sc- 
scootin' is a thing. Just the fact you have to call it scootin' is weird. But, like, it'd be like if instead of people getting into BMX, what they got into is, like, trying to jump stair sets on, like, those old plastic big wheels. Like, that's a toy for a four-year-old. What are you doing? They're doing that in Nitro Circus. I'm sure that they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the most frustrating thing for me about scootering is that it's called scootering and not razor scootering because full-size scooters with either 12-inch inflatable, inflatable tires, wheels, right? Yeah. Or those the, are cool. Or the switchblade. You can make those look good because you aren't all fucking jammed up on the fucking handlebars because they aren't like for like someone of the age of five, basically. I love that phrase. Jammed up on the handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> also, can you even call them handlebars? That's sort of what I mean. It's a pole, like like a T-pole. <laughs> like, like, um... Pegs you'd hang coats on. Yeah, exactly. It's like a teeny rolly coat rack. So that's the other thing. Most of them now are actually like nearly full width handlebars. Whoa. But the way you have to, you can't but, actually turn it. So wait, 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 wait. Because you're still jammed yeah, way up. That's, your it, that's what I mean. So that your where you stand is, same the, size. is basically still the, the same size area. of the size where you put your hands. Yeah, because then you couldn't even turn them past your hip. Right? People are still doing bar spins on them, but you probably just like who the fuck knows. <laughs> just instead of sticking your butt back, you just like put your crotch forward. You probably just stick your butt further back to get your <laughs> oh hips out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Dude, fuck. Yeah, because probably when you bunny hop, you you know you bring it up so you're in a C shape. What do so. they call it? Just jumping? What's that? Well, this can't be called a bunny hop. Well, no, techni- a bunny hop. technically, a bunny hop on a bike is yeah. straight up off of both the wheels. No, I know. Do they call it a bunny hop, though? They should, mm-hmm. because that's what it is, yeah. actually. They do? Okay. At least they got that right. I wish that would change in BMX, too. People start doing more bunny hops? I think it, the J, because it's technically a J-hop, right? Well, I, they're all like kind of the same, because the J was short for Jackrabbit, which is bunny. Oh, really? Well, they need to figure out a different name for <laughs> on a bike, because... That's always, since I started riding a long time ago, that's always bugged me a lot. I do think there should be more bunny hops in biking. Well, because they have, do, what do they call nollies? Do they call nolly. them a nolly? Nolly. Woo! Something's <laughs> <think> right. <laughs> that is such a crazy combination. I, f- I feel like we should call it nunny hop. <laughs> nunny? Because <laughs> it's a nose bunny hop. It's so dumb. You could... If it was like a reverse bunny hop, you could call it a runny hop. I mean, I think most people just call it hop at this point. Hop. But. I just feel like there's a there's some possibilities for like new looks of things to do tricks with like a straight bunny hop. Like why is an ollie called an ollie? Because um, Alan Gelfand, the guy who like. In skate history is technically considered to have invented it, okay. uh, even though Rodney Mullen actually invented the flat ground ollie. Alan Gelfand, what he did, uh, his nickname was Ollie, is the short answer. Got it. Um, ollie. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, like, since he did it, what he did was in a pool, he came up front side because nobody would go above the coping in the air, yeah. and he would push his tail down a little bit, and it was just a scoop. He yeah. didn't even, like, actually pop an yeah, ollie. Yeah, 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 I get it. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, his nickname was Ollie. So, 
there has to be someone like that in BMX, like who first started doing like modern bunny hop where both wheels didn't come so off then, the ground. So the then time. we can come up with a name like Abubica or Fufanu for it instead. Wait, is that why those are called that? Because that's it's like name? whatever they wanted to call it. Yeah. Well, no, no, that was the person's name. Yeah, I, I know, I get that, but Abubica and Fufanu is not a name of. I, if that's I don't know if those had like I don't know what the history on those is. Okay, I was like, I feel like skate history. <laughs> skate history is like fairly well documented to some degree. I feel like BMX is like well, it's because BMX. That's the thing though. It's like I don't think it's less. It's that BMX doesn't really have its own history entirely. I don't think the kids that start now care. But even if they did, what I mean is that like there was like. BMX does have a history. It's just racing and dirt jumps. Mm-hmm. Like street BMX is just skateboarding. Well, it's really modern too. Right. Comparatively. Yeah, yeah. To the actual BMX. That's what. That's exactly yeah. what I mean. Is that BMX does have a history. It just doesn't. Street stuff isn't yeah, quite like the same. Uh, unrelated to the Cause, term BMX. Because I bet bunny hop came long before people were riding street. When people were like running tracks and would like pull up for jumps. Even just going up curbs, most likely. Right, but it'd be way before that. Because people have been riding BMX bikes yeah. for so long. Whereas, yeah, but I don't know that the actual, like, the two-part bunny hop where you front end and then you level it. Oh, I meant, like, a straight bunny hop. Yeah. See, I'm thinking that probably even goes back to, like, a long, long time right, ago yeah. when people are just going around yeah. getting up Well, I un- that's why I understand yeah. bunny hop for that trick, but mm-hmm. not for the modern bunny yeah, hop, yeah. basically. Yeah, it like, doesn't make any sense. For like, who formed bunny. the proper, like, front wheel up, then mm-hmm. back wheel. Yeah. Because that's, like, a complete, like, that's like night and day. Yep. Like nothing's, it's sort of important. We don't really have like, an, there's no name for it. <laughs> <laughs> you just, it's like double duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the weird things about skating versus a lot of other like street culture type things is it in ways things don't usually, it came from its own place. Um, cause there was like the way that skating was developing on the West coast in the late seventies, it was sort of moving toward pools. Kids were skating pools and like schoolyard stuff but, and, and surfing oriented, but right. But what I'm saying is that like all of that was pre what we think of as skating now. And what happened is this, um, photographer and journalist CR Stesic went and took a bunch of pictures. And what made skating skating is he presented skating as this thing, like this, like gangstery street thing that like you know, like bad kids were doing. And like, that was true, but nobody had presented it that way before. So it sort of like just was inaugurated by this series of articles that C.R. Stesic did. And I don't, and then because of, I mean, so it has some, it tracks to some degree because it was like a street culture with early in its development with like, um, like punk rock and hip hop. But even that, it was like tangential. It was just like kids doing that stuff and then a lot of the other street cultures came out of skating yeah. so it'd be hard to run a separate yeah, history well, like with bmx essentially like the probably the problem is it has two histories mm. you know you have the motocross uh influence mm. but then there's like a divergence in freestyles born from motocross but mm-hmm. then it becomes ramp oriented and then it's street oriented and street has literally nothing in common with motocross that's why i can't stand ever going to a bmx track because <laughs> i can't stand being around people like that yeah um but those are like you know 
the histories aren't isolated from each other, but mm -hmm. they co-mingle. But in my opinion, like, you know, say 80s is when they started to ride street on BMX, basically. Roughly. Late, yeah, late 80s so. would be my guess. Late 80s, yeah, early 90s. Yeah, so like, for me, like, that would be the beginning of modern BMX street riding and then before that is obviously like a whole different ball game like do you remember what year that movie rad was because that like, i want to say 86 but i feel like i'm wrong yeah because it but it was like mid 80s and there was no street riding in that but you could see where kids would get the idea for street riding because yeah. he like goes off and like rides and they were the like riding down yeah. the street and yeah like, like jumping yards and yeah. stuff and you're yeah. like that but it wasn't street riding like derek's talking about yeah yeah it was like the very very like influential beginning right. era of that and then there's bmx bandits as well i don't remember that right in that same era yeah hmm. it's an australian i believe an okay. australian film. yeah yeah i mean i don't know my guess would be late 80s early 90s in terms of like st street stuff i wonder if part of i never thought about this before but i wonder if part of the like more performance oriented uh bent of BMX culture comes from the fact that mostly it grew out of motocross, which I is very totally competitive. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And that's why I just, I categorize it into two different things because mm -hmm. one has nothing to do with the other, in my opinion. That's why I like the competitions and judging and stuff like that of modern BMX freestyle, like ramp and street riding is what, in my opinion, what modern BMX freestyle is. Mm -hmm. I know lots of people are going to disagree with that, but essentially that's the newest form. That's like, you know. Jibbing is the newest form. Yeah, jibbing. <laughs> jibbing is the truest form. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you should make a shirt that says that. Maybe. <laughs> you get tons of snowboarders buying it from you too. Probably. Grindworks, the jibbiest. Yeah. Maybe I can sell a bunch to the scooter kids as well. <laughs> and you could have, like, uh, you doing, like, a transitioning off of, like, a rotting animal and it, it's got its giblets exploding out. I still want to ride some roadkill. I do, too. It's a life goal. <laughs> Wait till it's a little bit bloated and then peg chain its head. Yeah. And be like, <laughs> it's risky. <laughs> they smell real bad, AB. Yeah, I know. That was like when we were riding that um, half exploded car battery and like battery acid was spraying around yeah. in Albany. <laughs> 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 it was, that session got a little out of control. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who got battery acid on them? A couple people did, but. I remember. It was spraying everywhere. Somebody got a lot on them that day, though. Yeah. You weren't there, right? No. Yeah. It was I've never actually ridden Albany. There's some good spots. Um but yeah, it was raining and we found this like overhang at a closed car dealership with a curb on one side, so we were just like dicking off doing mm -hmm. nothing. And there was oh, an old yeah. there was an old car battery and we started trying tricks on it and eventually between like trying to tail stall it and peg chings and stuff, it started to spray battery acid everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was when I, like, exploded the yeah. top of it or something that went everywhere. It, it squirted on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that. That was a lot of battery acid. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Those are also, like, some of my favorite tricks. Battery acid sprayers? Yeah. Dangerous tricks that involve obstacles that 
do weird things. Like the cars. What cars? Having cars in the parking lot for like the Grindworks jam and... Yeah. Lots of unknown variations mm -hmm. that, you know, think it, the obstacle changes as you're riding it. We got some good footage on your old pickup truck. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. Although, I have a feeling that tight tranny on the compact car, last jam we had down there. That was, it was the best fit it possibly could it have been. It is so good. We need to get another Camry or two <laughs> down there, basically. Anybody who's coming to a Grindworks jam that's got an extra Camry, yeah. bring it along because we want to ride it. <laughs> it's unreal perfect. Trannies are ready to go. It's super fun. Pre-tested. Yep. I can't believe we didn't break out a window. Especially with that one huge guy that kept trying to just double peg the side from flat. Do you, do you know his name? Yeah, I do. I think his name's John. John. That guy's massive. But he just kept running into the fucking window with his pegs. I'm oh like, in the entire, like, for an hour or so, I'm like, it's going to break. It never broke. <laughs> what about... The one dude, Ben, that came up from Pittsburgh, that we built that sketchy, janky extension off the back of the satellite dish, and then he was trying to, like, do the 180 e-brake to it, and just kept body slamming that extension, and it yeah. didn't fall. Yeah. The other, that's, like, a perfect example of, like, I'm not quite sure if they understand, like, physics, really, <laughs> or, like, what was what's actually going on because that would be a perfect example of like how would you possibly make that look good like it's not gonna look good you just because you don't go up enough you're like gonna... you're just gonna end up running into it at 20 miles an hour like and crushing yourself over mm -hmm. and over and like it's possible that you could have ridden away from it yeah, but it wasn't gonna look good yeah it, the only way it would look good is if he landed on it and knocked it over and just stayed upright and then rode away it would have fit with the 90 edit yeah it could have fit into the 90 edit that's basically what it was but he seriously was just like letting go getting sideways and like shoulder checking this thing <laughs> off the yeah it was the like concrete a lip. 20 foot gap basically to sh shoulder slam <laughs> Over and over. It wasn't just one time. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, someone show me footage of that. I need to know if it looks good before I'm like gonna devote just keep smashing multiple it. tries to this. <laughs> it's doing the trick for the sake of the trick. I understand that, but But that's that's the weird like Maybe, competitive part. Yeah. Is like yeah. there's there's not not zero, but there's very little of that in skating. Like, you pick tricks that are hard that also look good. And if you don't, then, like, who gives a shit? Unless you get obsessed with them. Right, but usually those aren't the things where yeah, you're, like, true. crushing your body for yeah, it. Yeah, usually you aren't even filming those. Right, well, you're just like, I want to do it. Yeah. Or you might have, like, one in a video part that, like, all right, this very clearly didn't look good, but you can tell the difficulty level. Yeah, I and feel, I got obsessed with yeah. it, and I hate it, but I'm still putting it in there because it was fucking a pain in the I ass. I feel like that's really like I don't know. I haven't watched a, a ton of skate videos lately, but that feels really rare to me, because like even tricks that are hard that don't look good, you can usually see that it was so hard that they just couldn't quite get it right, and it would have looked good or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've mm -hmm. had tricks like that, but yeah. you never put them in your video. No, parts. no, no, <laughs> not never, but not usually. I have a hard time putting them in my parts too. I'm not no. gonna lie. You always like, give me shit for not putting them in mine. 
yeah well it's, that's why you always need someone else sitting there yeah. while you're going through the footage mm -hmm. yep it's because your perspective might be skewed on it so. mm -hmm. yeah because you might leave something out and put something in at the same time that you're like yeah. other way around dude yeah. yep for sure other way around especially if the trick was not hard and you're not proud of it because it was just like for you it was whatever but somebody else watching is like dude that's fucking great put it in you're like no it sucks who cares it's dumb i do it all the time just for fun right it's like yeah but this but one i've never great. seen anyone else do it and mm -hmm. it looks cool and you're like all this right is, fine this is every argument i've had with derek about filming at hcs he's like i don't care about any of this i was like i know but other people do it looks cool Um, so since you've been like closed down, uh, with HCS, do you hate riding there less when you get a chance to ride? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I know if there was a good while where any time we would try to ride, you're like, I don't no, no, care no, no, where, no. but I don't <laughs> want to ride here. here. It's just, I was there all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know like if you're there i live there and work there so if i could not be there for a while like if there was an option i would much rather just go ride someplace else yeah. it would have been more fun if you had more turndowns yeah well i mean <laughs> it's a problem so like that aspect really hasn't changed though you live there and you work there still yeah but i'm not in my work is not the skate park anymore yeah anymore, you know so it's much more relaxing you don't have a bunch of skate turds like me yeah. running around asking for random shit. Yeah. Can you fix my bike for me? I don't have any money. Yeah. Well, like it, that's the perfect example is <laughs> when I was open, like it seems simple. Like, yeah, you go out and ride. No, you're always getting interrupted. The phone rings. You need to go get the phone. Someone needs to change a bushing. Someone needs bike parts. Someone needs to work on their bike. Like, you're always getting so you never could just like relax and ride it's not like you going to the skate park and riding there basically yeah yeah completely different thing so i mean i i i helped you out occasionally and it i know exactly what you're talking about where yeah. like you'd be there and as soon as one kid shows up can i go up in the shop and look at parts do you actually need something or are you just gonna look at them and then come back downstairs <laughs> yeah and you probably ex got pretty good experience with that with the ice house yeah. too yeah so the ice house was actually funny in a sense because all my product was put away i never put it out on like pegboard or anything yeah. mm. so i would be like showing someone parts and then the next day the one part they were interested in comes up missing <laughs> and i'm like dude you're the only one here you were the only one interested in that. Like, you don't think I know that you stole that and a week later see it on your Instagram, on your bike. Like, it's the gold sprocket that you stole from me. Surprise. Dude, I do not understand that. And it, like, it was like, look, this isn't a business or anything. Like, you're just not welcome here anymore. That's like the bottom line. Don't show up to my jams either. That's the shit I don't get. It's like, why would you steal from somebody or a place that's like down for what you're doing? Like, if you want to steal from somebody. Well, I like, probably only wanted 15 bucks for it. I mean, it was like, 
I wasn't trying to make money off of it. I was mm-hmm. trying to just support what was needed. Bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How often did that happen there? I'm only positive of one time. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it wasn't like we were open to just general people. So right. it's like your close crew was there, and that was really about it. There were only a couple of times other people were there. Mm-hmm. And it was those time, that one time, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't show back up here, please. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite, um, I don't know, like memory or night or like filming session or something like that? From that time? Um, Not in particular. Uh, Everything really moved fast there. (laughs) Like from from the date we got the place to tearing all their shelves down to like building different things and everything. Mm -hmm. Everything moved so fast that there wasn't ever like a favorite setup Mm -hmm. or even really favorite night because we just had a lot of good ones. But some of the more memorable times, I guess, would be the nights you didn't even ride. Mm-hmm. Like you show up there and just hang out as a crew, maybe throw some darts. Like it probably didn't even pull the bikes out of the car. And then like, all right, whatever. You know, it was just <laughs> like good times was mm-hmm. what was so cool about it. You know, you didn't feel pressured to ride or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, our last lock-in that we did, like the final one before we tore everything out, everyone rode a couple hours, and then the one dude brought his PS2, and we just played Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX for like, the entire night. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Sweet. I think I had a... Was there a pizza shop that delivered there? Yeah. Oh, man, you had it set up. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good. <coughs> Except you guys remember how dark it was up there. Like, they would pull in and be like, where do we go? Yeah. <laughs> that was the same at HCS, and it wasn't dark. Everyone pulls in like, where is anything? Yeah. <laughs> it, I've, I've never had that issue with HCS, but I guess now it'd probably be more confusing. If you were trying to get to HCS rather than spooky action, so you'd go in there and be like, "I people, I see like the quarter pipe at the end." But people just find that space confusing. Then. Yeah, they don't really know what to do with it. Yep, it is weird if you set your GPS to go there because it drives you past the driveway before it says you have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're putting you on the driveway that my dad put that huge oh, pile of yeah. sand down. I bet it's because you're on the far end of the building. Yeah. yeah. It's the far end. So, like, mm-hmm. you're past the driveway, and yep. it's like, destination is on the left. And you're like... It's just a four-foot-tall concrete <laughs> wall. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's not my favorite, but one of the things that never stops being funny to me when there's an event or kids there is that if you pull in and people are skating or riding their bikes, and they're, like, mushed up on the closer end of the building when you drive in... They don't, I don't think anybody means to, but when you drive in, everyone shit eyes you every time. It always makes me laugh. They're always like, 
they give you this weird like over the shoulder like what the fuck man look for driving in like fuck you dude <laughs> like we have to get here somehow yeah. well and like everybody it's not like certain types of kids it's just something about that spot that when someone pulls in when you look at them you're like what it's always always makes me laugh yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. I've done it plenty of times. <laughs> There's something about when someone drives in and you're on that side of the parking lot and you look up at them, something is just annoying about them driving. <laughs> I don't know why. Always makes me laugh. It's like, it's especially at the jams, but it, it doesn't mm -hmm. even matter. You could have, it could be you and one other person and for whatever reason, if you're in the parking lot at all, someone pulls in. I think it was the most when the hair salon was there. Oh, yeah. Because people would pull that. in, like, right by you, and, like, they'd sit there and wait, and you're like, I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those hairdressers did not like that was really, being there. I totally forgot about they that. They did not like the people. <laughs> I for, Yeah, this hairdresser. Was there something between the hairdresser and computer care? Nope. Okay. Just went from computer care to the hairdressers. Yep. Did you ever get vaped out of the ice house? That is vaped a good question. Out. Sort of like the shop when we had to ban vaping because it became. Do you remember like when people filled the box. shop up with vape fucking smoke? No. So you didn't have any huge. The vaping. inside got filled up by no. like four kids vaping in like an hour. <laughs> for those, for anybody that. listening you who could, hasn't been there, the ceilings are like thirty feet high. Yeah. And you could barely see the opposing wall, which is like 30 feet away. Because there was <laughs> yeah. so much vape in there. <laughs> the room is about 35 feet by like 45 or 50 feet with like 30 foot ceilings. And four fucking middle schoolers filled it up with vape smoke in like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it was impressive. You never got vaped out at Ice House? I just always Damn. told everyone to go outside. <laughs> That was my mistake, trying to be tolerant. Trying to be the cool guy. Yeah. Tolerant until we came, or you came up with that, um, uh, what was the list that you posted on the door? Do you We're still not, have the, the not allowed list something, or whatever? Yeah, it's in my uh, Dude, that show is so funny. I wish I could remember what it said. It's a lot of stuff. I know. So you'd have to remember a lot of stuff. That's why I wish I could remember, because it's all hilarious. <laughs> I, I can't even remember like one good uh, I know you had Christians on there yeah something about like Fuck Christians something about moms like suburban moms <laughs> yep yeah not a daycare center yep that was on that, that sign alone was amazing not a daycare center yeah that's I, it frustrates me that essentially that's what private parks have to become yeah mm-hmm yeah, I mean and embrace in like the wheel mill loves it i know and they they have to love it is what i'm getting but at they, well because they, they couldn't stay in business otherwise they want to be like the family park though I know, it's I like fucking it. gross i hate it which is a whole nother thing i don't like about bmx and skateboarding not so skateboarding but bm i just like always like i don't know like the industry is pushing youth really hard like once you get past the age of 25 like you're like there's i don't know and, it, and like, it's wrong because that's what I'm people saying. aren't quitting so like 
the median age of people you're trying to appeal to is what? 25? Yeah. No. I mean, I get from a, like, just trying to make money perspective why you do that, but that's not what most companies that drive the industries are doing necessarily. Like, they need to make money to stay in business, but they're not just trying to make money. They're trying to do something for BMX, for skating, for whatever. Yeah. But there's, like, a lot of discussion happening with that in BMX right now, and it's being driven by this Mike Hinkins guy and his podcast. But a lot of the discussion is around like why are we trying to cater to 14 year old kids you gotta cater to the like 20 to 30 year old that's working and spending their own money you have to make stuff they want to buy well 14 year old kids aren't buying stuff to look like other 14 year old kids right they're buying stuff to look like the older dudes they respect and so to like gear any industry towards the like the actual consumer is wrong that's not what people are coming for yeah if they made stuff that like us older dudes wanted to buy and ride the little kids are going to be like well all these guys are riding that that's what i want yeah dude this is vaguely related but i do i think towards the top of one of my favorite things that ever happened to hcs is when we didn't have stairs to the shop it was just the like straight up and down like pieces of wood ladder and parents wouldn't go up there and how pissed off they got that there wasn't a way for them to get up there. Oh, it was beautiful. It was so, every time parents brought kids in to buy stuff, the kids would go up and the parents would be like, so fucking upset that they couldn't get up there. Like, well, you just come up. Like, well, where are the stairs? Like, no, no, there's just a ladder. Come up or don't. But (laughs) it was awesome. Yeah. It was so good. They were livid. Yeah, they didn't like that. It was great. I like when, when they're like, well, can you bring it down for us to look at it? And whenever I was watching the shop, can you just bring it down and we'll look at it? No. Nope. Shop's it, upstairs. You either buy it upstairs or you're not getting it. That's right. <laughs> that was so good. wonder why I had that policy. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> what would happen is the same thing when you're trying well, to you, ride and a kid wants to look at stuff. down right? and, and they're not going to buy carry any it, it all back upstairs. Oh, yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. <laughs> oh my god, I loved the looks on those parents' faces. It was so fun. I liked a lot of the local scene with your uh, used parts bin, where they'd be like, "Oh, can I get this?" And I'll like throw a couple of parts in your bin, and you're like, "If you want a used part, and there's one in there, then yes, we'll exchange used parts. But you can't give me four torn seats for a brand new, for a new one frame." <laughs> I need a frame and I have four torn seats are we cool can we trade (laughs) in what world are you living (laughs) it's not cool like sorry I don't don't have that much money to buy you a frame (laughs) and like you'd you'd have a pretty decent loadout of of good used parts in there and then like (laughs) Just that whole Endicott crew that kept coming over. They would take all your good stuff and throw just complete broken garbage in there. And you're like... Yeah. That's all right, though. (laughs) Well, it kept the kids rotting, and it is what it is. But, yeah, that was... There was a good little while. It's like, that's not an equivalent swap, man. (laughs) The thing that always bugged me with that is like, fine, fair enough. Take Take a penny, leave a penny tray, but for parts, great. 
inevitably, 90% of that, they would take it and they'd stand there and look at you and be like, you're going to put it on, right? Like, I just gave, we just gave you free parts. Like, you go put it on. No. Yeah. I like that whole Endicott crew for a while didn't have seats or seat posts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you would give them one and a seat post clamp and like hook them all up. And next week they'd be like, yeah, I don't have one again. <laughs> Where, it's the where most did they dangerous go? fucking thing <laughs> They ever. traded it for a frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were really into trading. Not just with me, I, just in general. It's because they, they didn't have any money. Yeah. Which, again, like, fine. That's part of the point. Like, use parts. But to, like, take used parts for free, not be super appreciative, and then just stand there expectantly that, like, someone's going to service the used part they just gave you. Like, go yeah. figure out how to put it on. Yeah, they're like, I will show you how to do it, but you're doing it. Like, I'll stand over your shoulder yep. for 20 minutes and tell you what to do, but you're doing it. Well, they never bring tools. They always be like, well, can I use your tools? Like, motherfucker, <laughs> live a life. <laughs> can you help me get my bike up in the shop? Oh, my God. This is a little bit a later date. But when Jesse, a.k.a. Hammer Kid, was coming to the shop, still my favorite memory is I remember where we were, but me and Jacqueline coming back at like 11 or 12 at night, and he's sitting on the grind box below the light that casts all the shadows, and his bike is in pieces, and he's like smoking a cig. <laughs> you can't really see him because it's dark out, and he's just smoking the cig, and it's glowing. There's just like multiple there's just shit everywhere and hammers and <laughs> like what happened so i'm working on my bike i'm like okay jacqueline like runs inside she's like he's gonna kill us <laughs> yeah that was a hilarious story i can't believe because i was working the shop that day when that happened okay and if I remember correctly, he had, like, started to work on his bike. And I'm like, dude, you got to, like, everything has to come inside. I can't leave his tools out here for you. Are you good? Like, can you get your bike together with what you brought, your tools? <laughs> that hammer? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he's called Hammer Kid, isn't it? I think so. Because that's usually what he would have, right? That's how he took his bike apart and... <laughs> Together. Yeah, because his nut was stripped out, so he'd just smash his wheel off and then smash it back on for a while. <laughs> that kid was great. I like that kid. I say he works, I don't know if he still does, he worked at the Marabado on the yeah. parkway across from yeah, Target. Yeah, he does. I stopped in to get a soda, like, it was months ago, but I was like, dude, what's up? How's it going? Of course, he's like, fine. <laughs> like, cool, okay. He See you later. called me a couple weeks. It was probably a month or so ago now. It's like, hey, I'm driving through Washington, PA. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> He's like, I'm coming back from North Carolina. What are you doing? <laughs> Did he stop him? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a like last. Washington is not far from your house. That's like yeah. a last minute call. I love yeah. the idea that he, because to like, do that, I, he'd been on the road already seven hours. Because I wouldn't drive hours. through Pittsburgh. 
No, but I mean, he's been on the road for seven hours from North Carolina. Like, couldn't call before, like, ten minutes before your house. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm, like, ten feet from your street. Are you free? <laughs> okay, sure. I was like, dude, I might work. Like, I'll, if you're going to hang around the area for a bit, like, crash on our air mattress or whatever, and then we'll go out tonight or something and hang out. Yeah. So, that is what happened, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's doing good though I think he probably still uses a hammer As every tool there is <laughs> I like that kid I'm sure he's graduated to like A combination hammer tool <laughs> Multi, Multi-tool hammer? Yeah, exactly I mean it's I, What's worse Using every tool as a hammer Or using a hammer as every tool What do you mean by worse? I don't know. <laughs> good question. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good question. I, I mean, I know that anytime you'd be using Derek's tools and you're like, I'm just going to jam this and, and like hit it with the wrench real quick. He's like, use a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're using my D- shit. Yeah, don't, don't break my <laughs> wrench because you were too lazy to go get the hammer. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that over the years, like, as you've gotten more and more organized, like, people's, like, it makes you more busy. I get why you do it, but it makes you more busy because anytime someone needs to use a tool, you need to get it and put it away because if it's in the wrong place, you're like, no, it has to be in there right, in the right place, right there. <laughs> That's what happens when you have so much shit. <laughs> If you can't keep track of the shit, you don't know where it is anymore. There's no point in having it. I love it that, like, especially, like, towards the end of HCS when there was, like, a ton of kids coming down, especially BMX kids, you'd have, like, a thousand wrenches or sockets, and you would never have, like, two sizes because everyone would just walk away with them over and over and over. Yeah. (laughs) That shit was always funny. There was a period of time where, was it 14 millimeter that was, like, big... 15 and 17. Yeah, oh, 15. Okay. And, and occasionally a weird 19. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I still don't have very many 19s deep wells anymore. <laughs> I have I have a lot of sockets and I have two old ones of those. I remember at that time I never got around to it. It was a good idea. I was going to for I forget Christmas or birthday just get you like 10 15 millimeter sockets. <laughs> It's kind of like the joke for auto mechanics and stuff with like the 10 millimeter, how no one has one or whatever, but yeah. it's always a 17. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which that used to be 19. Yep. Which is why I don't have the 19s. <laughs> yeah, it was 15 and 19 for a while, and then everyone's like, we can use these low profile nuts. Yeah, we can increase our cost by a bajillion dollars, and then the nuts suck more too. Why don't we do that? Yeah, I mean, the, the cool thing was when they finally started increasing the the front size one, so it was just 17 and 17. Yes. They had different sizes for a while? Yeah. Wow, that's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's another one of my yeah. favorite things about skateboarding, especially having, like, been around BMX kids most of my life, is that there's no, like, 
Skateboarding, you just grab it and you go and you need like one and a half tools. Everything is like standardized and the same size. Yep. You don't have to like jimmy with shit every time you ride it. Agreed. It is extremely... If, if you buy someone's wheels, they use the same size bearing? Yeah. It's all the same yeah. shit. All it's called like, standardization. Right. Nobody makes a pair of trucks that use a different size nut or a different uh, thread pattern nut it's just it's all the same shit you just or do if it they do they go out of business right exactly because no one's gonna buy their fucking crap after a year or two yep like there, there's a company that just started making one inch diameter handlebars and a one inch diameter stem again so and this has happened before yeah but it's like who needs that <laughs> you need to learn how to land if you need a one inch handlebar yeah you just change the thickness if you need like more strength or something yeah There's a reason everyone uses seven eighths, even on brooms. It's because that's conducive to a human hand. Well, yeah, the top bar is still seven eighths, so they're going to the clamp at one inch. Don't they usually fail where your hands are? Because that's where all the force is. No. You're thinking people are riding hard. A lot of them with the heat treating and everything now, and the budding and everything break at the stem. Oh, that's weird. I have a pair that's cracked right now. It's cracked just about a quarter inch from the knurling. I have to be sure not to buy any more handlebars. <laughs> you just make all your own. Yeah. Every time I'm around for this conversation or reality of BMX, I'm always like, oh my God. Yeah, it's are so, so complicated. Easy. It's, <laughs> it's so fucking complicated and ridiculous. I hate BMX for that reason. <laughs> the best part about skating is it's super simple and kids are still like, they're not going to use, like, four pieces of hardware. Like, I'm going to put three in. <laughs> they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the thing that frustrates me most, like, it doesn't have to be that way. You can look at the skateboards. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just keep refining something to the point where you can change it, but, like, the standardization is perfect. That's like, pretty good. You don't need to fuck with it anymore. Well, there there was a little while where like trucks had six holes in them, right? Because of like an old bolt spacing versus a new one. Not a little while, and they still Venture still does that. Indy does that sometimes. It's for like longboard type shit, um, but they don't. The whole patterning on streetboards is it's always the same, which is why like it's just it's always the same shit. You don't have to fuck with anything. You don't have to make sure you're getting the right part for your setup. Like everything works together. Nobody freaks out. And almost every time some company comes out with some, like, revolutionary new shit, like, it fails in a couple of years because it doesn't work with everything else. And usually somebody tried it 15 years ago and there was some problem with it that it just didn't work as good. Yeah. And rather than cycling in and out of trends because people are interested, most of the time skateboard companies are just like, look, seven layers of 16th inch, concave, blah, 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 blah. It works. It's fine. You know, if it breaks sooner or later, it breaks sooner or later, but it works. Everybody knows what to expect. It's fine. Yeah, if you're running a skateboard deck for like over a year, year and a half, like it's expected that you're supposed to yeah. be getting a new one. It's just gonna. It's gonna be a little bit less poppy. Well, and, and people have tried to make decks that last longer, and they have a bunch of other problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an eight ply deck, it just does, like it gets too spongy. If you do it out of metal, it's way too heavy. If you do it out of, like, they've tried, like, Kevlar layers. And, like, it just, it's all toy bullshit. Who cares? Just make a deck and be done with it. Yeah. 
when you're, I mean, you're talking about relatively inexpensive equipment as mm -hmm. well. Like, in the well, big scheme of things, if you're buying a deck. Too, it's because it's standardized. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Because, like, bikes. Yeah, be a little more expensive, but expensive is because everyone's doing like their own thing and like always changing it instead of refining one thing and just doing mm -hmm. that over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the most aggravating crap ever. Like I don't understand it. Like right, because if it was basically standardized, then you wouldn't. You could have different thicknesses, but like you wouldn't need different designs for dropouts to be like fit welded in to the rear forks in a weird way. It would just yeah. go in. It's fine. The perfect example of that. Primo walls, okay? They had that tire perfect. It was perfect. Like, they didn't need to do anything besides just keep making it and promote it with, like, popular riders, basically. Like, mm -hmm. if you need to change the size, change the size. Don't yeah, change the thickness. Don't yeah, change the rubber. You can make rubber. it bigger. You can do, like, the 2.3 if people yeah. want it wider. Yeah. You just... Like, you don't need to improve it. Like, <laughs> like, you just keep doing that with different parts. I agree. And it's then the you're... world's best BMX tire ever. <laughs> I mean, the only way it could have got better is if it didn't have tread on it. It was just thick, same rubber and everything. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you can do that with every bike part. Mm -hmm. That like is the, the best tire. We were talking about that on the last last one. I was like, that is the best tire ever. <laughs> it's ridiculous, though. Like, why don't they do that with, like, the main problems of all BMX bikes? They have the headset problem solved, basically. That's mm -hmm. standardized, and you just put a bearing in. Essentially, that's the equivalent to a skateboard. Like, yeah. We don't need 8,000 different cup sizes and designs. <laughs> but, okay, so we got the headset figured out. We still can't figure out a bottom bracket and put the right length spacer in it. Well, that's the, like... <laughs> That's almost there, though, because there's very few competing bottom brackets. Yeah. Okay? Yes, you're right. That, like, it's the simplest, stupidest thing ever. Like, just everyone stop making different crap, basically. <laughs> Make it the same width and put the right size spacer yeah. in it. Right. Everyone yeah. will be happy. Yes. Yeah. And then the, the biggest problem with bikes, though, it's the wheels. The goddamn wheels and hubs. I'm so sick of fucking wheels and hubs. Why has no one just had, like, a continuous development of a hub? Rims we got, like, the rims have been streamlined, and they're getting, hopefully, hypothetically better. But the hubs, no. Like, everyone just is like, I'm going to abandon our hub design, and we're going to come up with a new, different one that's even better than that one, instead of just... Just making that design better? Yeah, instead of, yeah, doing that, just, like... I feel like a lot of it, at least from the outside, I don't know from the inside, but I feel like a lot of it is there's a weird obsession that I don't understand. It's not always there, but has been for a while in BMX with weight. Like, so what if it's an extra four ounces? Get the fuck over it. Take the change out of your pockets yeah, and throw can, it exactly. away. Exactly. Put on a lighter t-shirt. Like, it's going to be four ounces. Who gives a don't, fuck? If you're riding with your phone in your pocket and your wallet and keys, then... Every right. bit that you complained about is now not, doesn't matter. Because it feels like a lot of the redesigns are like, ooh, we could reduce weight. Just just make it good. Yeah. That's it. I don't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, th there was a progression for a while with handlebar height that mm -hmm. was going 
up by like 0. 0.05 inches <laughs> over and over every couple months someone else would come out with the next bar and it was 0. 0.05 inches taller and it went from they were all under eight inches like with eight inches being the tallest handlebar to 10 inches yeah but it was 0.05 at a time and you're mm-hmm. like it's so fucking stupid because that can just the human body ranges from x to x you can figure out what the optimal handlebar height is not to destroy your back but to be able to bunny hop high mm-hmm. like you can do that geometrically like laying out yeah lines for it but so then they like after a certain point though they would make the next height handlebar and then they would make a stem that actually sat lower <laughs> so yeah, then yeah. you had to start compensating and then they started making them all right well now we've made them lower now we're making them higher so now instead of like the stems gone all over the place the handlebars have gone all over the place they've made the head tubes longer now so you don't have to trim the steer tube why not just make the steer tube shorter and having have a standardized stem height like who needs to adjust the height of the stem at all (laughs) it's a block of aluminum i have never seen a stem fail there like a conventional stem no you see the the head tube shear off well that's not a problem with the stem or the steer tube i mean that's a problem so, with the steer tube. Well, and it, I think it's like the spacers and all the gap that you've got leverage-wise. But exactly. Yeah. yeah and there you, shouldn't even be spacers there. Yeah, make it shorter or, uh, yeah, they've made the head tube longer, which now all the forks come extra long. Yeah, there's a reason why on motorcycles, <laughs> like if you want your handlebars higher, you put different handlebars on. You don't change the fucking right. height of the stem and the forks. And right, because every time like, you change something... Because it's been partially standardized, then that's why you need a bunch of weird spacers all the time. Because yeah. like some shit is like halfway standardized. You're like, let's try it this way. Stem below, it's a 20 inch bike. It just all stays the same. So handlebars, you need to go up. You get bigger handlebars. <laughs> like. So the tire thing too, when that, when everything, those were going up by 0.05. Also, going yeah. from like 2.25 was the widest anyone really had for a long time. Maxis Max Daddy. People only rode it in the front. Then. 2.3, 2.35, 2.4, and there might have been 2.45. But they got to a point where they were too wide for the frame, so they had to start redesigning frames to go around it. You know, like. But yeah, see, that, and, that's and the, the part. The real question is, what are they doing with the wider tire? Well, that who cares about the wider tire to me? Like, that part where they, they had to start redesigning the frame? No, they did not. Like, just don't redesign the frame. Yes. If you want to ride a bigger tire, find a different fucking bike. This is the bike we make. It works good. If you don't like it, go find something else. Yeah. Because, like, to me, the idea that, oh, well, some kids are buying tires that don't fit our frames, the idea that after that what happens is a sort of, like, therefore we must redesign the whole frame to fit this random tire that people are into at the moment, fucking why? I agree. Yeah, it's bizarre. Is BMX it. still super obsessed with like color matching everything? Well, it's a, like color I think, schemes. Yes. Is that over? Ugh, um, so gross. A lot of it I have is just because. Black, mm. So I don't know how skateboarding is, but BMX is very saturated as far as like the market goes. There's so many companies popping up left and right, making the exact same thing. That's because they aren't that, making it. That the colors are the only reason or the only like reason for cash flow basically essentially everyone's 
making everything at the same factory in China and then putting their sticker on it and then selling it in the color is what differentiates yeah. most of well, them. Well, that and like Odyssey is a good example. They'll have a new version of their pedal every two or three months and it's yeah. just the new colorway. Yeah. But if you're like that kid, you want the newest, freshest ones, so you're always buying Odyssey's new pedals. Instead of like, well, my pedals are still good mm-hmm. and I'm not going to replace my black ones with new black ones until they're worn out. But if you're you're all about the fresh colorways and and stuff, you're you're spending money. So I think a lot of that, the .05 on the handlebars, the .05 on the tires, the colors, it's all to keep people spending money. Plastic pegs. The stupidest development in BMX history. There's plastic trucks though, right? No. For a while. I thought that that one company had like a plastic sheet on them or a Base. skin. People have done done dumb the shit. Proud to see the yeah the <laughs> difference is they all go out of business right like they all disappear. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about the colorway is it's not that there aren't trends like that in skating it's that like because shit's basic and not basic in the sense that it couldn't be basic in BMX but because BMX keeps choosing to change shit in this weird way like there's a lot like people companies change board graphics constantly that's all they do is change board graphics yeah. but the reason that's easy to do is the boards are just the boards. Like, it doesn't... Nobody's making crazy fucking bullshit and staying in business. So, like, to me, the weird obsession with colorways in BMX isn't that people are, like, into trends. It's the idea that BMX companies have that, like, they think of themselves, or it seems from the outside, like a lot of companies, don't think of themselves like a BMX company. They think of themselves, well, we're a BMX company right now, but soon we're going to be... We're going to do all this shit. Like, no, just fucking make pedals fine who cares if what color they are like fine have new color colorway pedals but the idea that your business models we have to keep selling more like that's one of the things i think that's a little bit different about skate companies it's not that they don't have to make any money but they're interested in skateboarding yes and so that's all they do and so when they make new board graphics it's usually like we that own the company and we the riders think this is really fucking cool and other skaters will think it's cool. It's mm-hmm. not, let's figure out how to sell them some new yeah. shit. There's a lot of, just because we had skateboards and small companies, mm-hmm. there's a lot of skateboard companies that their models are like the exact opposite of an always increased right. sale base. Basically, they want to sell their stuff, but they don't want to always increase their yeah. like sales numbers. Like, right, because they don't want to deal with it. They're like, yeah, this exactly. is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's totally different mm-hmm. in BMX. That's why it's surprising to me. Because like kids do that in skating, but they do it with random shit that skate companies don't generally pay attention to, like clothes. And so kids, skate companies make clothes, but there aren't a lot of skate companies that make trendy ass clothes. Like Supreme maybe, but even that, they're like more of a fashion brand at this point. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot of companies that are like putting out the new cut, co- like shoes sometimes. But it's pretty rare they'll cycle through a bunch, like a bunch of colorways to make, like, make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. What they'll do is when the shoe comes out, the person who made the shoe, the pro who's backing it, will have the colorways they like, and that's what they release. So they'll have colorways, but like, there's not like a deep roll of like seasonal shit. Like mm-hmm. there's some of that, but not a ton. Like they leave that up to like Nike and shit. But even Nike, when they sell skate shoes, that's fashion collectors that do the like they release lots of different colors but that's not a big part of skaters buying shoes is like oh no this is the newest shit they don't whatever 
<laughs> who cares? Yeah. It comes back to sort of the design thing that like if you like the shoes, that's the shoes you want. I think want. it comes back to the competition thing. I wouldn't disagree. I mean, it's it's one of the things I love about skating is when you even when people are doing it in like a shitty like against each other way, it's still fun and pushing each other forward generally. But right. like with BMX, it'll be like you don't have this newest like right. colorway like no. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> oh, it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was always amazed when the shop was still going how much companies would change colors and designs of parts that were like wildly unnecessary. Like it always felt to me like it would in the long run be like a detriment to their business instead of a benefit. They're trying to sell too much too fast. Like build a base of people that like your product, like the tire you're talking about. Build a base of people that like your product and then make your fucking product. That's it. Stop trying to be Kmart. <laughs> Just be a BMX company. Um, <coughs> I need to wrap up here and take off because okay. we're we're gonna do uh, some family stuff coming up. But this is fun, in my opinion. I like I like the ranting method more <laughs> than like the the interview method. So. Um, we should do this again next time. <laughs> oh, next time we do it, we should come up with rant topics. No, go for it. No, no, no. I think I, it's going to rant topics. I think it's going to just go and like you'll end up not getting what you wanted to out of it. No, no, but I I'm not saying come up with topics because like there's a certain thing I want people to say, yeah. but just to like have a like start with something and just let it roll basically. <laughs> anyway, Thanks for having me on. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, hanging out and, and chatting and, and doing doing stuff. Thanks for uh, listening to me cry about PMX tricks. <laughs> <laughs> what is your active social media right now? Is it just Spooky Action Industrial Arts on Instagram? I think so. Yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> you, I know you still have the HCS Skate Park one, but it's less active than... Yes. In the dormant state right now. <laughs> Less active. Is that like a year or two since the last no, post? Jacqueline no, Jacqueline puts stuff up. Oh, I, she does. Okay. I, I think I put like the jam flyer up last year on it at mm. like one point. And then yeah. I'm like, no one's using this. And then if you post on it, you get a bunch of responses and like likes on it and comments. And you're like, oh. <laughs> and then as soon as you make one post, there's a whole bunch of dms that come in that are like hey are you guys are you guys gonna be open or like can we come by (laughs) so it's like you open pandora's box as soon as you (laughs) post something on it essentially yes (laughs) just let it be dead (laughs) hibernation yep yeah hibernation hibernation mode right now okay (laughs) hopefully soon to be not in hibernation spooky action is the website still up Okay, so it's spookyactionindustrialarts.com as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to see cool fabrications, uh, a lot of people listening to this probably have seen some of your cool fabrications in the sense of ramps and rails and trophies. And bike stuff, too. Yeah, bikes, bikes cars. Um, also, you can keep an eye on the, the HCS Facebook page. 
because we do have shows and events where we do open too. So yep. those get listed up there too when we're having, like we have a show coming up. So And you do private rentals of the park. Yeah. Yep. And that happens once in a while too. What's the minimum? Uh, the minimum for rental is $50. Okay. So 50 bucks. That's not even two sessions at the wheel mill. You can rent the whole park and have all your friends there. Yep. <laughs> Not it's not 50 it. bucks the cost. 50 bucks is the minimum. minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like whatever it is per person or yeah, something. Yeah, the, the per head cost right. or whatever. Um, yeah, so hit them up. If you're like, don't come through the area and be like, hey, I'm in town today. I'd like to skate <laughs> or ride. Yeah, it doesn't. Usually I'm too busy um, to do that. <laughs> If you know like a week or two in advance that you're coming through the Binghamton area, that would probably work ideally. Yep. Like, we want to ride the park. Okay. Yeah, call ahead <laughs> Sounds and make good. appointment sort of. Yeah. I, I will do last minute appointments, but you need to make it worth my while if that happens, basically. <laughs> yeah. You and your buddy are not going to be worthwhile. Depends how good the hand jobs are. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It's true. If, if you have if you have those nice like rough calloused hands, and you, and you know how to work it, you come on through. Eric's open. <laughs> Might even waive the admission. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> to be determined after. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, AV. Thanks, Grindworks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grindworks podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. I really did. Uh, I think it's always fun to hang out with Andy and Derek and just get their take on things. Uh, They look at life a little bit differently. They look at BMX and skateboarding and uh, basically any of the uh, action sports or, or anything a little bit differently than most people so I think it's a really cool perspective and I really appreciate their uh, thoughts and everything um, I want to take this moment to advertise both of our jams but specifically the uh, the one coming up at HCS which is Derek's Park um, the first jam we're having is July 13th in Pittsburgh it's a street jam, uh, show up, hang out, ride bikes, do fun stuff, you know, what, whatever. We're going to be riding around the streets, hitting some spots in Pittsburgh. If you haven't made it out to this jam before, I do highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of cool spots. So if you can make that one, do it. The next jam is July 27th, and that is at Derek's Park, HCS Skate Park in Vestal, New York. It's just outside of Binghamton, but we call it the Binghamton Jam. Uh, It's unlike anything you've ever ridden before, so definitely recommend coming out, hanging out. Uh, We invite anyone with a crew or brand or company or park or shop or whatever you are to come out Uh, table the event sponsor the event send us some stuff if you want to Uh, we're kind of down to the wire but I'd be happy to put you on the flyer 
if it's something you're into um just let me know but uh anyway this jam is going to be the one to go to if you can only make one so that's personal opinion i know a lot of people are going to argue that the pittsburgh jam is the one to be at but uh anyway Derek does a lot for us. Uh, he's done a lot for me personally. He does a lot for Grindworks. He does, you know, kind of a lot of under the the radar stuff for his scene. Always has. Um, more recently transitioned away from the skate park full time and only rents it out for different events and stuff at the moment. So that's where, you know, us hosting the jam there allows you guys to come in check out the park that he's built uh over time and really appreciate the the work and art that goes into creating such a space and not to mention he's just an awesome dude doing uh, a lot of cool metal fabrication work now with his other company spooky action industrial arts and i highly recommend you check both of them out on instagram so one of them is at HCS Skate Park. That's Hardcore Sports uh, for the letters. The other is at Spooky Action Industrial Arts altogether. Um, then after you check them out, uh, make sure you hit us up on at Grindworks underscore BMX on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat and at Grindworks BMX without an underscore on Facebook, Mixer, Anchor, and YouTube. I feel like I should get better at that, but I really suck at it. Uh, and then if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the video. And if you're listening on a podcast app, make sure you hit the subscribe or whatever the heck it is on your particular app but make sure you're getting all these episodes and uh we will catch you next time the next episode should be with man i should know this right off the top of my head it's uh mitch mccracken uh he has a small machine shop uh mhs manufacturing and uh he's doing a bunch of cool small run stuff so you're interested in that type of thing check back on the next one you should check back anyway all right anyway thanks for listening to me ramble here for a minute uh, and i'll catch you next time